You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Tabia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm, a, I'm okay today. Um, watch Batman. Oh, oh yeah. That's safe for my life, but I really did just come out. Um, <laughs> and watched a few other things, ate a few things. It's one of those weeks where I've actually done things I can talk about. Um, so, yeah, pretty good. How about you? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been a, a fun week all around. Uh, we had a long weekend here in Melbourne, which was, uh, which was good. Right. So, got the chance to do some stuff around the house, uh, have a look at a venue for like a, our reception coming up in a few months. And uh, we I, I got the chance to watch a couple of things this weekend. So we'll talk about that in our chit-chat section later this later this episode. But it's been a, been a little bit of a crazy week, I guess. Um, we should uh, talk about the, the main story from this past week, which was, uh, you know, State of Play happened. Uh, John, you wrote something on the site, uh, a breakdown of the entire event. Um, you know, before we talk about it in the news, just in like 30 seconds, what, what did you think of the event itself? Um, it wasn't bad. Nothing like crazy. Very Square Enix heavy. <laughs> and yep. Japan heavy, which I think they announced ahead of time. Yep. And yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, it, it surprising amount. I, I don't know what it is, but... Square Enix dominated both the Nintendo Direct a couple of weeks ago as well as, you know, this presentation. It's it's I wonder what's going on over there. What was what was in the Nintendo one? It was uh, like all the all the re releases of the classic JRPGs oh, uh, and things yes. like that. And I think it was like I think it was at was it Triangle Strategy like got its final trailer and things like that. The Chrono mm. Cross, like a lot of stuff. And then I think Live Alive mm. was that like that? Yes, there was one as cult well. Cult hit, yeah. Well, not hit, but <laughs> cult game being um, brought back. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like they've been holding on to all these games for yep, yep since pandemic maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the right time to launch all of them. Yeah, why not? Twenty twenty two, the year of the JRPG. I think that's that's <laughs> what everyone <laughs> everyone uh, knows it as. But why don't we uh why don't we kick things off and Take it to the news, John. Yep. Oh, is that playing? Please play. So we had a very, uh, a very, like very like positive piece of news to kick things off for once, and that was. Uh, Screen Australia, which is, uh, I guess, the the the, gov- the federal government's official, uh, I guess, like body for funding, um, like games. Uh, I guess until now it was basically TV projects, film projects, and like you know, I guess other digital experiments. And now, video games are finally coming back uh, to get some official funding in terms of grants. Now, late last year, we reported on the government offering, uh, you know, sig- uh, significant tax, uh, tax um, discounts to uh, companies who overseas to set up shop here or have a predominantly Australian base, 
development of their games. And this is kind of the second part of the 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 story in that this new announcement is more targeted to indie developers. So in a nutshell, uh, the, the funding initiative is called Games Colon Expansion Pack, which I... Uh, which I like. <laughs> it's very appropriate. <laughs> and essentially, uh, what Screen, Screen Australia has uh, committed to is, uh, quote, funding six, uh, to successful applicants in the form of a grant towards the financing of the game. The game is, uh, sorry, the fund is aimed at games with development budgets below 500000 and it, it'll run for this financial year, which ends on July 30, as well as the coming financial year which starts on july 1st and goes till next end of next june um and i guess the other parts of the detail is that uh for every application you submit uh funding will not exceed one hundred fifty thousand dollars, um and it's limited to one per company for this current period which i guess is for this financial year um and they can be on pretty much any platform but the focus of the project is on new titles so you can you can apply if you had like a like a licensed IP or something, but it's predominantly designed to promote new new ideas, new um, original games from Australian developers, uh, from like more the the larger scale, uh, sorry, the smaller scale of things. Um, so the there are a couple of caveats. Um, so the following games are not eligible. So. Uh, you know, if you're a budding game designer or if you're a small studio at home and you're looking, you, you want some more information, here are, here are games that are not going to be eligible. So games that aren't designed for the public, so, you know, game used for internal training, corporate events, things like that, or if it's only located to a couple of locations, like if you've got a couple of, like, VR experience hubs, if you're making a game specifically for them and not for the public, not eligible, sorry, um, games that have got a lot of advertising or promotions within them, which I think is pretty fair. Um, and then we've also got uh, games that uh, show gambling or feature gambling simulations like poker games and things like that, not included. Um, and also games uh, that will have a difficulty in receiving classification in Australia. So if you're planning on your sequel to Manhunt or, <laughs> or you know, yeah. you weren't happy with the... The, the with the, the lack of violence in the Batman and you want to make your own video game version with blood everywhere, yeah, um, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, or your own sequel to Disco Elysium, which is weirdly bad here for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I know, I was thinking of that recently. Yeah. Oh, oh, Google. Is Google freaking out? Let me just see what's going on in the... Um... Oh. Yeah, Google's being weird. One. Oh, I think it's fine now. Okay, I think it's fine now. Um, <laughs> okay, can't tab away from it. Note to self. Um, just uh, and uh, people who want to apply for this current round for this financial year, you've got till five p.m. on Thursday, the twenty eighth of April, to get your um, to get your uh, your applications in, and it's going to be yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm super. Super looking forward to this. I'm I'm really happy to see the the Screen Australia or like something actually get behind it in terms of dollars. W- what do you think about this news, John? Yeah, it's like reading through it. It's like it's really exciting because like the first thing I thought was like it's really weird to suddenly have all this money being directed at games. 
like just kind of it feels like out of the blue like it's been you know we've talked about it before and it's been it just feels so sudden it's like australia is suddenly trying to become a development hub not just for games like which you know it's like small like uh, you know starting small for now but making games making like movies you know marvel's making stuff here like that will just be the start of like i mean we make plenty of movies like we film plenty of movies in australia and just stuff like that but it's just it feels like there's a snowball rolling in terms yeah. of our development of just kind of major international productions of any sort um it's crazy because like pretty much that- every marvel film and even um even like I think I think even the Batman like a lot of things like the visual effects are done here or like maybe part mm. of it was filmed here it's, it's it's crazy like I know Thor Ragnarok I think was filmed here in Queensland or something and and like a lot of visual effects are done out of uh, New South Wales and it's it's crazy like you just don't even hear about any of those projects yeah and it's it's really cool that it's like the guidelines for the initiative are really exciting as well it's like all those things you said for like things that make the games ineligible are really kind of nice to hear as well it's like no gambling which is kind of surprised considering australia but like um you know just like only new properties rather than like so it just doesn't feel so open to exploitation like maybe it's not enough money for corporations to really bother with too much but considering how expensive game dev it already is but it's i don't know it's hopefully it really leads to exactly what they're aiming to get out of it which is just like brand new games made by smaller devs actually coming out and succeeding yeah so. which is what we want which is what we need i think i think there's a lot there are a lot of um like we've got definitely got a lot of talent like even even a developer like house house that made untitled goose game isn't that big and i yeah. think that was a very like surprise hit uh, as well but um there was a student like there was a student game a couple of years ago that won best student game at um the Game Awards, I forget the name of it. Um, of course, when I need it, I don't remember it. <laughs> um, let's see. Levels, it was, uh, the developer was Level Squared. Ah, sorry. The game is Level Squared. The developer was uh, Glitch Crab Studios. So, um, okay. that's, that's, that's who I'm uh, thinking of. But yeah, no, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I really hope that this breeds like a lot more interest in australia because we have a lot of talent here and it's a shame that like you know if if someone like think of all the people coming out of uni now who like grew up playing final fantasy 7 you know super mario like you know mario kart like and be like you know what i would love to make my own game you know i'd love to get into games like now they actually have a shot at doing something because their government actually bloody cares now (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to compare it to what, like, because it reminds me of how Canada has, like, a lot of noteworthy, mm. like, there's all, you know, all sorts of countries do, but it, it makes me think of Canada and how they have, like, pretty big initiatives. I, I kind of want to compare them mm. and see how they fare compared to those, because they had, you know, Ubisoft really driving things forward, as I understand it. I think that's how what happened, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, I don't know, we don't really have a big developer really driving things forward outside of a handful of, like, moderately large mobile devs i think primarily yeah i mean uh, i guess we've got like studios like smg studio um uh, grease monkey games that recently was bought by like a a gaming company out of hong kong any any moika i think is the name of the of the company 
Um, Mighty Kingdom, uh, you know, it's like um, uh, Fruit Ninja people. Uh, oh, um, Half Brick, that's what I'm thinking of, Half Brick. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the folks behind Crossy Road, I'm terrible. I'm forgetting all these names. <laughs> I yeah. feel really bad. I'm not doing much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's it's really good. Like we do have a lot of talent here and like, you know I'm 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 really hopeful to see like this move forward and I, I wonder if like I wonder it'd be great to have like something like Acme, like the Australian Centre of uh, moving image in Melbourne that has like a gaming exhibit like actually showcase these games or you know imagine PAX Australia actually dedicating a booth to like this project like that would be really great to see that kind of wider collaboration and, and awareness being raised but you know what we'll, we'll take this as a first step yeah <laughs> probably overthinking <laughs> it a bit for now maybe maybe um, but yes uh, John I guess uh you know, if we're moving from indie games, small scale from Australia and moving to more global, and we're talking about AAA games, why don't you take us through what uh, Sony announced at its State of Play presentation last week? Yes, so Sony had a new State of Play for this month. Um, I feel like they've been having a bit more lately, but anyway, that's nothing. Um, so I'll just run through each game that was announced. None of them, I don't think any of them are like gigantic hits like they're all, like all of them are more or less exciting depending on mm. who you are but yeah nothing crazy so first was capcom announcing exo primal so it's kind of like anthem except dinosaurs and horde based survival gameplay and that's kind of it um it's quote an online team-based action game um the main game mode is dino survival which is very appropriate um <laughs> and quote where two teams of five players compete in a variety of pve and pvp missions um gameplay will be focused around the kind of mmo trinity of assault tank and support um sort of classes so, yeah so that's i think that's kind of it it's like a sci-fi <laughs> thing it reminded me so much of anthem even though i don't think it plays much like it at all no and just because of having like class-based mechs which also isn't that uncommon i guess but I oh, know that's exactly what I thought of initially. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> my thing turned okay. on by accident. Yeah, it, it it is um, it is like Dino Crisis meet meets Anthem meets Destiny in terms of a live game, but in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not actually too much to say about it. To me, there's something so blunt about it that is like a conversation runs out so quickly. Um, Exo Primal <laughs> is set to release on PC, PS4, PS5, um, Xbox consoles, so Xbox One and Xbox X and ser Series X and S um, next year, which That's is actually right. one of the few games announced in this for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every game is announced for this year. <laughs> um, after that was a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo, which is releasing on March 25 for PC and P PS5. Um, I don't think there's anything new in this trailer. It's just like a Very final trailer. Yeah, I think it's like technically the launch trailer for the mm. game. Mm. Yeah, like what, 10 days? That's that's not long at all. Yeah. Um, previews just came out for that game as well. Mm. So if you want um, more information on it, it's out there. Um, after that was a new trailer for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, which is coming out this week. Um, it's announced a new trailer, uh, the third demo for the game. So they've been kind of treating it a bit like, or made by Team Ninja. They've been kind of treating it similar to their Neo games, where it's just kind of like, you know, a string of demos just to kind of refine the gameplay. Um, reviews yeah. are already out. 
they're pretty harsh generally. <laughs> um, so we'll see how it actually goes. Um, I had but, a question. Um, you know how like the Neo games, they were offline games, right? Did they have an online element like the Souls game where the people leave messages and stuff? Um, I don't think I had messages in it. It did have like online co-op and that thing where you can like see people like running like, around their ghosts yep. before they die. Yeah. And oh, oh yeah, so instead of messages, like they kind of left, like they left bloodstains that just had like an AI fight of them. They can get to show on. what happened. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. So That's like cool. summon them and then fight them. Yep. But, like it's not them, but, but it's, it's like, like like the monster that killed them, or like they fought. So does this have a no, similar? Like, no, it's like them though. It's like an AI version of themselves. Oh, the player. okay. They, so you basically just like roam around having like kind of somewhat easy duels <laughs> to get extra loot from them. Why not? Which I, I mean, think is like kind of a neat idea, to, a I, neat take on the Souls thing. Yeah. So so does this so does this does Stranger of Paradise have a similar online feature or is it just single player demos? Um, I'm pretty sure it has co-op of some sort. I'm not sure if the demos do. They might. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think they have any of those other sort of online features at all. Yep. It's like it's more of a direct action game. It's not very Soulsy at all, really, mm. in my eyes. It's... Like Neo wasn't all that Soulsy either, except for the sake that it's like hard. Yeah. You die a lot, you know. But, um... <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, just thought I'd clarify because it's like. Yeah. It's I don't know why you need three demos for, like, <laughs> like a game yeah, like this. True. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so just to wrap it up, um, if you play the third demo, you'll be able to transfer your save data to the full game when it releases. Which you couldn't before. Like later this week. Yeah, exactly. Like the other ones were like very much alphas and betas that weren't complete. Um, yeah, so Stranger of Paradise will launch on PS4, PS5, Xbox, consoles, and PC. Or specifically the Epic Game Store. Um, Friday. Yeah, like a few days. Yeah. Friday. Not long. Yeah. Um, Another sort of just trailer to remind you a game exists for Forspoken. Um, it's kind of it has a something of a purpose because it was basically confirming um, the delay to October from its original date in May. Yep. Um, otherwise, I don't think there was much else in it. I think it was like mostly just bits of gameplay that didn't really seem all that new to me from what yeah. I remember seeing earlier. And, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's kind of it, really. So <laughs> that's going to be launching on PC and PS5 in October. That's it. Um, after that was Gundam Evolution. Um, it's a new free-to-play, <laughs> six-versus-six, um, team-based, objective-based FPS um, based on Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Um, are you excited for this, Avia, or is it I, not I, really? I, I'm definitely... I'm going to check it out because, yeah. um, like, it's... Because it's, it's coming to... It's coming west... So it's been in Japan on PC last year, and now it's coming well, to the West, a, right? I think it was announced on um, for okay. PC last year, but it wasn't like hasn't been announced for anything else yet. Gotcha. So I don't think it's out anywhere yet. Like from what it looks like, like it, it does look a bit silly because like it, it's like a th- it, it it's like third person. Like um, I know it is first person. It just has those like oh, destiny animations. things where you like yeah, yeah, use yeah. the sword or that's, something. That's yeah. what I was like. Um, I was like trying to like picture this, but like I I I'm really into this idea because it. It combines, you know, like shooting, which I love. It's like a, it's like <laughs> Valorant in terms of, it's like Overwatch, Valorant, and Gundam together. Like, it's it's a, it's a pretty cool idea, and um, 
like the, it pulls from a lot of different um series like in terms of the the design so it's, it's pretty cool i guess it's it's kind of like the the crossover series that you know the gundam warriors series but um but like a shooter now which i think is very very unique because it's coming from bandai namco online which i think still is based in japan so like you don't really see many like 100 percent multiplayer games come out of japan yeah it kind of feels like an arcade game mm. like out of japan like the kind of stuff they make for arcades so i'm kind of wondering if that's which we never get over here through. so this is awesome <laughs> yeah exactly it also kind of reminded me a lot of how many cod clones there were around like 210 ish like all before that how, like how many like new like you know goes like this property is cool cod's popular uh like just mashing them together yeah it's like it, it, like that's what it reminds me of a lot it's like oh this is a weird thing to exist so that's cool. speaking of that like have you played a racing game called blur uh maybe I, I don't i don't really remember it anymore i know that game yeah so i think it came out 2010 2011 so i think it was the last game made by bizarre creations which i think oh. uh that was the, the games that, that made project like Sorry. Sorry, like wasn't that kind of like a kart racer sort of thing? Yes, with like yes. So, yeah. so it's like um, so Bizarre Creations was behind the uh, Project Gotham Racing series. It kind of got like folded, and then it part of it became like the studio behind Drive Club, and then part of the people became Playground Games, which is now part of you know Microsoft, I guess, or Xbox, making the Forza Horizon series. So, Blur was basically you take like burnout-sized cars with um like. Uh, Mario Kart style courses with um, power-ups, but also those power-ups were kind of set up like perks in Call of Duty because Call of Duty 4 was like the hot thing and like pretty much everyone tried to copy Call of Duty in some way. So you had like loadouts and you had like perks you could unlock and everything like that. So it was, um, it was, yeah, that, that was like, I guess one of the left out of left field types of Call of Duty kind of like, Mm. like trying to get like, take advantage of the call of duty trend that i remember yeah. I, now you mentioning that game i'm pretty sure i played the demo for it a lot <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that i can imagine well. that was when demos yeah. that's when like demos were the i think the i think that's probably the last time demos were relevant until like final fantasy 15's demo or like um uh the demo for what is it um uh near automata like you know I think that oh, one yeah. was like that was a very popular demo, so that was that was kind of cool. Anyway, sorry, sorry to di- digress, but it just like reminded me of that. <laughs> what you said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so after Gundam was the announcement of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection. It's a very good name, Mick. <laughs> um, so that it's a new collection for pretty much everything. It collects thirteen um, kind of classic retro titles for the Mutant Ninja Turtles series. So these are games were released on arcade, NES, NES, Mega Drive, or Genesis, and Game Boy games. Like they're all quite old, like nothing yes. all that recent. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of them are like versions of each other. So I'm pretty sure there's like three versions of um, what was it called? Like Out of Time or, or what was it called? Um, <laughs> the Time Travel. T- uh, yeah, I don't t- remember. Uh, uh, Turtles in Time, I think. Yeah, that's it. Or yeah, Turtles across like three time. versions of that. Yeah, yeah like, no, you got it right the first time, actually. Yeah. I remember, like, playing this the the Sega Sega Mega Drive game because it was because there was the one on Super Nintendo. There's the one on um on uh 
on the uh, Sega Mega Drive. Like they came out around the same time, but I don't think that they're like the same game. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure if it's like Manhattan Project. I think that's the NES one. Turtles in Time. That's a Super Nintendo one, I think. Yeah, because I remember like being at like my family friend's house and just like just always going over there and watching and just like being so fascinated by it. And for the longest time, because of the way the colors showed on the TV, I always thought Michelangelo was yellow, not um, the orange like oh, Ninja yeah. Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think the only one I've played was the Game Boy one. Because I think there's only one Game Boy game. Oh, maybe there's more. I don't know. Should have got loaded up the list of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely played one Game Boy game for Two Machine Ninja Turtles. That's the only one I have an experience with at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so aside yeah. from the 13 games included, it will add quality of life, features like save anytime, rewind, button mapping. There's even online play for four of them. Mm. And there's 11 regional releases, like Japanese re- regional releases, which I think they did with Street Fighter as well. So that's kind of, I guess, becoming a trend. Um, yeah, so it's set to launch this year as well. Early this Again, year, apparently. That right. Oh, no, not early. Um, Just sometime this year. Yeah, yeah, no, like, release date for this. Because a lot of these have... Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's released to pretty much everything, I think. Because I think it's released for Switch as well. It's not listed here. but So PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series consoles, and... Yeah, I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's on Switch as well. I, I'm sure it would come to Switch, but you know. Yeah, I'm curious to see how well the emulation is because the the thing with all these like types of collections is that like if the emulation is of poor quality, it's just never going to be right. It's not going to sound right. It's not going to yeah. play right. Um, it may not even look right. So that's that's going to be the um, I think the the main thing because it, it's like this is like. Because there's so many, like, it's it's great that they got the licensing for it because I know Konami and stuff made a few of the games and everything. So, like, I'm really, really excited for that. But, yeah, I, I really hope that it, um, I really hope that it, it does well because I'd be fascinated. I, I'd be really interested in playing it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like almost all the games will be, like, too hard for me outside of the, besides the fighting games. So, I was thinking, like, I'm kind of curious. They weren't the easy reaction. games. The beat-em-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was interested to see all their opinions of it, of yeah. people playing it now. It's like, <laughs> okay, now I can see if I want it or not. Maybe we'll, um, oh. maybe we'll stream it. We'll, we'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how that goes. Um, Alrighty. <laughs> after the Turtles game, um, there was a very short trailer for um, Gigabash. It's kind of like a kaiju-themed Power Stone game. At least that was what I thought of was Power Stone. Like, so kind of top-down, isometric sort of brawler. It- yeah, definitely yeah. looks like Power Stone. I mean, like on a yeah, larger which, map, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that looks pretty cool to me. It's a very short trailer. I'm not sure there's too much to say, but I didn't know about it before it. Mm. So, like, because it has already been announced for a little while. Yeah. So, yeah, I was excited for Power Stone. So that was that got more of a response from me than most people, I think. Because, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, Power Stone came out, um, like, chat, please feel free to correct me. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get something wrong, but I feel like Power Stone was out at the same time as the original Smash Brothers. And it was like kind of like Super Smash Brothers was like the runaway hit in terms of the casual pseudo fighting game. Whereas mm-hmm. like Power Stone was kind of relegated to the, like, I don't know, the, the, was it a Dreamcast game? I feel like it was a Dreamcast. Yeah. I'm it was pretty, pretty late. Yeah. Or like maybe really late PlayStation. Cause like I think it came in like 1999. So that would have been oh, like, you know. It's definitely a Sega game, isn't it? I'm pretty certain. I thought it was Capcom, but I could be wrong. Oh, I don't know. 
it's not like it's i've had much reason to think about that series in a long time that's true that's true um, um but yeah that was a uh, gigabash huh yeah i also wanted to mention uh i'm not sure how off track we should get but you meant like mentioning power stone like yeah and like super smash brothers go for it i've always thought like my theory for how you know because like last smash brothers ultimate was like everything every single character in the game yep. ever yep and i was thinking it's like okay from here they have to move somewhere else right so my theory was always doing power stone because i think i would work well with smash brothers i think I th- like i'm not mm, yeah i think so the other thing is that it's yeah i think it's just like because it's 3d ish i i can imagine them not wanting to do it because of like smash brothers by itself is so accessible which yeah is why it's, part of why it sells so well but I don't know. I like the idea a lot, personally. <laughs> I th- like. I think it could work, really. Like, I don't see why not. But I think, I think the problem there is that because Super Smash Brothers is so beloved, it would yeah. have to be like a different name or something. Like, I could def like. I feel like a Capcom would be great because Capcom's got such a variety of characters that they could work with. That it would be really mm. cool to see something like that. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the twist. Street Fighter Six is actually Power Stone Three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Oh um, God. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so after that was the announcement of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. R at the end. Um, it's a remaster of the original All Star Battle from PS3. That's been kind of locked to the PS3 for since 2014 when it came out. Um, it's kind of it's a remaster slash like redux because there has been there does seem to be some additions to it so in the trailer it um, announces that there will be 50 playable characters so the original topped out at 41 um with dlc like including dlc which means that there'll be nine more characters presumably added to it and these will probably as someone who is a jojo fan and follows along um these will probably be from the last two series that they made the animes out of so that is golden wind and stone ocean mm, mm. those are the two most recent so i imagine they'll be from there yeah um otherwise it will be overhauling the original gameplay by quote making adjustments to the fighting tempo and the addition of hit stops and jump dashes wow th- um, those are pretty big gameplay changes yeah they sound like a big deal for a, like adding to a game afterwards um yeah yeah so i don't know it's i'm interested to know just how dramatic that changes I, um but yeah it, Oh, just to wrap it up quickly. Yeah, go for it. Like, it'll also be adding, like, making changes or adding new... Like, so it'll be adding new audio recordings and updated graphics, um, like changing the color palettes of certain characters to kind of align it closer to how they looked and sounded in the anime series. Mm. Um, and that's kind of it. Because that's the thing. Like, I just started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So I'm only, like, four episodes or something in. And, like, okay. I was watching the intro. The intro... um. Uh, like you know the intro like kind of montage that happens at every episode like, like I've only seen credits. yeah exactly the opening credits and it's like it's like 3D models so I was like I was like thinking mm. like did the game come out like there must have been a Jojo game on the PS3 or something that would have been because that series I think came out in 2012 is when it like first aired in um in Japan and I think like it's like took like four years to come to English like come to the West in English but like um when I when I saw the opening credits, it was like three D models, like three D models of all the characters. I'm like, this has to have come out of a game, like, yeah, because it's maybe. I yeah. think it's, I think with JoJo, it's like they try to be pretty um, different. It looks not, 
different to every yeah, anime kind of I've seen. Yeah, because like there's two opening credits for that season that you're watching now. Yeah, because like, there's like yeah. two different stories in it. That's what I was gonna say because it's like, that's how they split, aren't they? For yeah, every season. Yeah, yeah. It's like each. So in the one you're watching is two of the parts of the series gotcha. being covered in one. Yeah. And, uh, so there'll be another one that also uses 3D models. Um, and oh, I don't think they ever do it again. <laughs> like it stays pretty, but it's always pretty eccentric. Yes. Uh, especially after a certain point. It like um, but, and it actually looks pretty true to like the original manga because like, even if you look at the mm. original artwork, like it, it is very like dirty, like very, I guess the equivalent of like pulp, like. Yeah, the early stuff is like a pretty blatant ripoff of Fist of the North Star. Very bulky guys, looked, very masculine. I was <laughs> the whole time I was like, who ripped off whom? Because like the, the like the the character of Jojo, you know, Jonas Sanjo Star. Um, he was like very, <laughs> very like Fist of the North Star. Like even his like leather yeah, outfit yeah. and everything. And I love like um. I love the references to like rock and roll, you know, Ario Speedwagon and um, yeah. Dio, and it's like it's like oh, this is so like eighties. It's it's I love it. It's it's <laughs> it's like an unabashed reverence for like its source material. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it later, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, now. let's uh, let's move um, on. <laughs> oh yeah, just to finish that up though, um, All Star Battle R is um, releasing in early fall twenty twenty two. So that's spring in Australia, which is in six months-ish, mm. thereabouts, um, for PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox consoles, and PC, so pretty much everything. Um, following that was a new trailer for Trek to Yomi, um, the samurai cinematic platformer, like looks a bit like Limbo. Yeah. Um, this time, the new like compared to the previous trailers we've seen, it's very kind of supernatural and kind of focused on more like surreal visuals, which I wasn't actually expecting. I was expecting a much more period set thing and it clearly is but Mm. i was kind of surprised like oh okay this is new this is not what they showed earlier yeah and like um like some very charged imagery in this and like that kind of stark black and white like i guess it's maybe trying to evoke like the akira kurosawa films like the samurai films from like the 50s that influence you know spaghetti westerns and stuff in hollywood but this also looks a lot like um uh brothers a tale of two sons in terms of like okay it's like it's like it's trying to be realistic, but it's definitely got like an art art style. Like it's got a different definite style to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the new trailer kind of highlights its number of Japanese voice actors. So it won't be, which is kind of nice to know. <laughs> I think it's something I tend not to think about and until like after it comes out. But it's like primary cast are Japanese actors. Yeah. Um, speaking Japanese. So. Yeah, it's kind of nice to know <laughs> before it releases. Yeah. So it feels like a problem otherwise. Um, yeah, so Trek to Yomi will be releasing on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series consoles. Mm-hmm. After that was the announcement of Returnal's next update called the um, Ascension. So so uh, made by Returnal, the oh, Housemark, <laughs> sorry. Made by Housemark, yeah. yep. <laughs> yeah so yeah housemark were purchased by sony um last year and they've kind of been quietly working on um returnal they're like 3d bullet hell roguelike thing um since the release like they've been kind of adding the features that people really wanted out of like, it and refining like saving it. yes <laughs> that's a big one um 
So Ascension is adding two major features to the PS5 exclusive, um, and it's going to go live in about a week on March 22nd. So the features include a new co-op mode. So this is like a blanket mode for the main game. Mm. Like, like you can just play the main roguelike campaign with someone else. Yep. Um, then there's also a single-player only survival mode called Tower of Sisyphus. That's it's described as quote. I'm an glad ascending you said Sisyphus. Mode. I was thinking of another word. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> Syphilis. Uh, <laughs> that's a different... That's that's uh, update 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> quote. I'm sorry. It's an ascending gauntlet <laughs> of increasingly dangerous phases. Um, I somehow, surprisingly, it doesn't actually support co-op, which is surprising. Like, that seems like the exact thing you'd want co-op in, but yeah, still cool. Um, yeah, so that's, again, going live on... 22nd mm-hmm. in about a week from now and yeah so that's that's returnal um after that was yeah another square enix thing um the announcement of the diofield diofield i'm actually not sure how to pronounce it. i tried to look it up and Dio i couldn't find diofield i don't know yeah i was calling it diofield so i'm just gonna say that where do these names Dio- come from i i mm. I don't get it. It does feel like they found random English names. Or Dio doesn't sound whatever. <laughs> Just kind of mashed them together a little bit. Um, Dio Field Chronicle. It's a new Final Fantasy Tactics-looking um, ta- strategy game, tactics game. Um, except this one is 3D and uses a uh, quote, real-time tactical battle system. Which basically means that there's free movement instead of a grid-based system. And the controls are more like using a mouse. Mm. Um yeah, and it's also in real time. It's not. I don't, I'm not sure if there's pausing or not, but it, it's um. Yeah, not the normal tactics game that you really see. That's nowadays. gonna be. That's tough. That, I wonder how that's gonna work. Like real time, like imagine um XCOM but real time. That that would have been. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it looks a little like an RTS, except now it's Fire Emblem. That's kind of what made me think of it. What it made me think of. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I can see it definitely has that Fire Emblem look, that pseudo uh, medieval, like mm. at, like anime medieval. Like I think of um things like um f- the Fate series, like Fate Stay. Oh, okay. I think it was like the original one that definitely had this look. But I guess like Final Fantasy's been doing this since the eighties, and I'm sure that you know it's happened before yeah. that. So. Well, it's like I, it took me a while to remind, think of Fire Emblem, and I think a lot of it is just that it's going to be clearly going to be kind of cast centric you know like based around individual characters you remember mm. which isn't always true on these games though i mean maybe it is i don't know <laughs> that's how i thought of it like it, um, it also kind of also looks like um dragon age inquisition in terms of you know you've got that overworld the tabletop overworld and then you kind of oh, yeah. you go into different missions in different areas um but and, and i guess even to an extent because like dragon age inquisition's got that third person real-time action as well the rpg elements so it is similar i guess from that point of view yeah Yeah, it'll be interesting to compare to like classic rpgs like computer rpgs i mean yeah now that if they're all that similar because it could be because japan doesn't make many of those um yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so it's being co-developed by square enix and lancast um the developer that worked on monarch persona q2 and the 2014 Tactics RPG, Lost Dimension. So they have worked on something tactical. So that's mm. kind of, it's nice to have some pedigree there. Which one was um, Q2, Persona Q2? It's like Which the dungeon crawler. Okay. 
using like all the persona like three yeah. four and five characters i was yeah, gonna and say it had very like chibi style to it, it like a like there's pokemon mystery dungeon games maybe but persona. yeah it's a little like that actually <laughs> yeah it's closer that to that than most games yeah <laughs> um so the dl field chronicle will be launching this year um it's heading to everything yeah, yeah let's just pretty... say everything <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm surprised oh yeah because switch is in there as well yeah <laughs> yeah um, and lastly was the announcement was of Valkyrie Elysium, um, a new action JRPG um, and a, an official revival of Valkyrie Profile series that's been kind of, um, I call it, I guess, asleep for a while. Mm. Um, Not to be confused with the Valkyria Valkyri Chronicles series, right? Oh, oh I th- does that exist? <laughs> it has to. I'm gonna, sorry, I'm going to commit a cardinal sin and look things up. Oh, my... My keyboard has died. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Valkyrie Elysium is developed by Soleil Limited. Um, they're the developer who worked on set of like Naruto to like Boruto, <laughs> damn it, Boruto, Shinobi Striker, and Samurai Jack, which is a weird uh, list of games they have. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That is weird indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, character, uh, music are, is from Matoi Sakuraba. Um, they kind of, they worked on all sorts of things, but they've worked on Tales games. They've worked on a bunch of Nintendo games and, and they even worked on Dark Souls as well. So otherwise they're not, I don't know, nothing stood out to me, but I just don't know their work very well. Yeah. And then It's more yeah, that character- pseudo, it's kind of got like that cell shaded outline, but otherwise it looks very similar to like, even um, Dio Field, <laughs> like that medieval thing, art style. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then, um, yeah, just saying character designs by Yuya Nagai, um, who's most notable for making character designs in Nier Automata and uh, um, Grand Blue Versus from Arc System Works and a couple other things. So, yeah, so, and that's kind of the extent of what we know about it. Um, the only description it has, I think, from the press release is, quote, it draws on the richness of Norse mythology to present an original story set in a world on the brink of destruction, full of danger and fast-paced action combat. So the most notable thing about it is just the action part. Like, it's typically not that kind of series. So it will be interesting to see how it compares to the previous entries Yeah. by, like, kind of overhauling the gameplay altogether. Yeah. Yeah, so... Elysium is also set to launch later this year for PC, PS4, and PS5, mm. and not every other console, like every other game. Um, yeah, and that kind of <laughs> brings the state of play yeah. to a close for March, to the next months, I w- guess. <laughs> were you surprised by the lack of PlayStation exclusives? A little bit, because like, as I was like running, making the recap, and it's like, oh, okay, every game is also over and everything else. Yeah. It's like, I think Elysium is actually the only one. Or maybe not the only one. I mean, one, Returnal, I guess. Yeah, very few. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. more like an update ground rather than a, a ground up new game. Because, um, yeah, like, I, I'm like thinking, like, I, I can't think of anything else that was, um, except uh, Passion Republic. And that might also be coming to Switch anyway. Uh, Forspoken. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, dude. Oh, oh Gigabash. Yeah, yeah uh, Gigabash. That, well, that, that's what that's I mean. That's on PC as well, though. Okay. Which is yeah. like almost oh so is Elysium, I guess. Yeah, no, never mind, that doesn't matter. But um <laughs> But like console exclusive, sorry. That's that's what we yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah. Um 
yeah it's all pc ps5 so like the only thing that was like kind of closer to an exclusive was exo primal which is only coming to ps5 yeah oh no wait no that's not true <laughs> i was looking at the ghostfire tokyo one <laughs> <laughs> never uh, mind uh well i don't know man that that, that was a, a bit of a it was a meaty uh state of play to to get through so uh, kudos to you for, for getting that done so quickly um i think you I think we got that out on the same day or something. Like it was a pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty big, cool. uh, pretty big uh, turnaround. So that was that was awesome, man. Great work with that. And um, you know, quick plug. Anytime uh, you, anytime we mentioned like uh, something like this, you can find the article itself on doublejump.co. Just head to the homepage and you'll you'll find it there. It should still be the first thing up uh, for this week. But yes, going from some, I guess. Some happy news to some very disappointing news, and this comes by the way of uh, Axios, Polygon, and um, I guess also like the original filing itself. And essentially, what's happened is that eight women have come forward um, in support of a lawsuit that was filed last November. So, just to provide some context, as we've been, as has been happening over the past. I guess what two? I guess almost two years now with Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, you know, uh, like even like Quantic Dream and 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 companies like Riot Games, like the the topic of systemic toxic cultures, you know, racism, gender discrimination, you name it, it's probably happened at one of these video game companies. And I guess um, for background, in twenty twenty one in November. Um, a former IT security analyst at Sony Interactive and Entertainment by the name of Emma Mayho, Majo? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm going to go Mayho. Um, uh, uh, filed the lawsuit, uh, a gender discrimination lawsuit against Sony Interactive Entertainment, so PlayStation's parent company, alleging that, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, a culture of gender discrimination and harassment at the company. And she was speaking, she said that she was representing not just herself, but also... But it, all women who've ever worked at Sony Interactive Entertainment or one of its predecessing companies or uh, or still working there. And last month, Sony uh, appealed to the court to say, hey, throw this case out. And uh, the Sony's lawyers uh, were saying that, quote, uh, Mayho fails to plead facts to support either her individual claims or the claims of the broad-based classes of women she seeks to represent. Um, and obviously categorically denies any of these allegations. Now, what's happened is that eight women have come forward, uh, one of whom is actually a current employee, um, with statements adding to uh, the lawsuit to actually say, no, uh, Maho's right in that there are issues at SIE, and here's my, um, here are my experiences. So uh, I'll, I'll go through... So these, these were uh, filed... Uh, in the court as well, uh, and these also um, were brought to light courtesy of Axios uh, reporter Stephen Tatillo, uh, and also added to by Polygon. So, the first person uh, I guess to talk about is uh, Mary, oh, Mary, Mary Harrington. Uh, she's a veteran of Sony on- Online Entertainment and Sony PlayStation, and she's been there for more than sixteen years, and. What she what she pointed out in her statement, she pointed out that there was a, a distinct lack of women considered 
uh, for senior senior roles, uh, especially with leadership, uh, especially during um, quote unquote calibration sessions where staff were discussed. She even said that during one of the sessions, um, there were only four women in attendance uh, who were uh, who were considered for promotions, even though there were about seventy men who were considered for promotions. So you know that's um, yeah, there's quite quite a bit of a gap there. Um, <laughs> and she also said that men would rank female employees based on quote hotness and also pass around quote filthy jokes and images of women. Uh, you know, openly in the office. She also described an instance where one of her co- male co-workers said, um, don't wear skirts to work because, quote, you're distracting me. Yeah. What the fuck? And also alleged, uh, she also alleged that uh, some male engineers were found to have been sharing uh, porn uh, during work and that uh, they went to strip clubs during lunch. Like, yeah, that's... um. Like that's something that you hear about that you see in like movies in the eighties or the seventies or like what workplace culture was like. Like this is pretty crazy that this was happening like so recently. Yeah. Not that it excuses it. I'm just saying that it's unbelievable. Like it's very hard to believe now, but it must happen. Yeah. It's always, it's almost like unreal to read. Like, cause it's not surprising it happens, but it's just like it, it when you read it, Maybe it's just when it's broken down. I don't know. But when you read the details specifically, it's just like it's so blunt. Mm. And so, like, this is like, whoa, this is still so cartoonish. Yeah. Like, like misogynist. Like, it's, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And, like, Sony basically tries to call Neho's buff and say, bluff and says, the, who are you talking about? There are no reports here. Show me. Show us something. Bang, one month later, eight women come forward with like their yeah. own experiences. And a- another woman, she cited a-, a third party stating that, quote, there was a great imbalance in terms of employee distribution, quote, in her team. Uh, another woman, Cara Johnson, who was a former program manager, uh, she she said that she doesn't believe that Sony is equipped to appropriately handle toxic environments, end quote. She also said that uh, she was aware of uh, 10, 10 women who left her office in uh, California in the four months before she left herself um, as a sign of systemic problems at the company um, she also sent she also shared a letter um, with female employees that she wrote when she uh, when she left in January 2021 where she uh, cited repeated attempts to let her superiors know about the gender bias um, uh, the alleged discrimination against uh, pregnant women as well as the resistance from, I guess, at least one senior male uh, uh, HR employee to act on these allegations. So this, you know, this is pretty damning stuff. Like, obviously, this this is still, it's officially filed, but, you know, it's not proven yet in court. So it's, um you know, but it sounds pretty bad so far. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's, I don't know. It's very hard to sugarcoat this. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's really hard to like. It's weird to kind of like try to um, discuss each individual point because it's really it's just it's also kind of the scale of it. Yeah, so we're not even like partway through. Yeah, like, <laughs> like way in. Mm. Oh man, 
like the the next person to speak was Ashley Chin. She was a former senior business al- uh, analyst. She mentioned that during a group lunch, uh, when everyone was talking about their career aspirations, and that's a quote. Um, quote I mentioned climbing the ladder in my career and needed to work harder to get a promotion. My senior director at the time said, "You just need to marry rich." End quote. Which is um pretty old fashioned way of thinking if you like kind of break it down and kind of fucked up like yeah it's quite the thing to hear from someone responsible for promoting your level of a senior director and this senior director is now a vp oh wow so it's like someone pretty high up has like we talk about work culture coming from the top to the bottom so if you're if your leadership is talking like this you know like Mm. it really paints a very bad picture of like your um of of the company um an, another woman uh coming forward was Jen Russell who was also from the pro- program management scene uh sector she mentioned um uh when there was uh there was a meeting around discussing UI or user interface uh there were a lot of people sitting around the table um and one person writing down ideas on the whiteboard uh she said that uh, quote when the experienced female suggested ideas they were ignored when a male made the same suggestions, they would be added to the whiteboard. End quote. Yeah, it's it's um that's fucked yeah, again. Up. That's like I'll just kind of say what I said earlier. It's like it's, it's so just, cartoonish. Yeah. It's hard to imagine happening in real life. Yeah, just like that. Like that one in particular is like it's so childish. That is and it's, so immature. And, but it's like even saying childish feels like I'm reducing it down to something kind of I don't know less impactful than yeah. it really is. Like, it's like, you know, when I imagine myself in that position, that sounds like so painful to have to like witness personally. 100%. Like to be like the victim of that. Disrespectful, condescending, like it's patronizing. Like you could, pretty much anything negative, you could, any negative pejorative you could think of, you can probably leverage it here. Um, and yeah. We had a, a, another a program manager, this time a senior project man- a program manager by the name of Rebecca Carpenter. She said that she spent five years trying to get a promotion and when she was in the product management team, uh, she wasn't given a senior title. Uh, when she asked her manager why she hasn't been promoted, uh, you know, there, there were all, she was always given vague reasons. Uh, at one point, she was told that, uh, you know, um, uh, when she realized that she couldn't be promoted, she changed departments and very quickly uh, became a senior in that department. And then when she found that she switched back to the old department and kept her senior title... It kind of hit home that you know what, um, I was more than qualified to have a senior title in my department. So there's clearly something happening with the management at that department. You know, like that's mm. that's not the first time. There's a second time where Angelica Advincula, who's actually been with Sony, she's actually still a current employee of Sony Interactive Entertainment, formerly in the music department since 2007, and then moved over to the sound department. So when she inquired about moving up in her role she was told that she needed a master's degree that was very difficult to move up um and when she moved out of the department started working in another department saw an ad for a higher position than she originally had she applied for it and when she read the description it said you only need a bachelor's degree even though she was told to move up you need a master's degree when she pressed hr on this hr simply responded oh my quote oh my gosh i can't believe they told you that a master's degree is not required like like call a spade a spade that's bullshit (laughs) 
Like, yeah. That's bullshit right there. Like, like, uh, I don't know, like, maybe the leadership felt threatened or something, but the fact that it's coming from, like, you know, when you, when you include it with, like, allegations coming from, you know, seven other women, it's pretty, pretty damning. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, it's hard not to see it as anything but systemic. Mm. And, like, stuff like that as well. It's like, that's such a, it's such a, like active attempt to withhold like you know kind of a career progress from yeah. someone by saying like you're like deliberately holding like restraining someone's ability to like move up within the company mm. and it just seems to be all over the place because they're all very similar stories just more or less insulting yeah like, even then it's yeah. engaged, that kind of thing really. like three or four of them are in the program management like department like that clearly something was going wrong over there and it was just yeah. allowed to happen for years on end which is what drives me even more insane and i you know um like another anonymous woman said that she observed and experienced herself sexual harassment and sexual discrimination while she was at sony in particular she said she noticed a quote a major change when employees when female employees would return from maternity leave and she also was uh, treated very differently when she returned from maternity maternity leave, um, especially like you know it, it's a common thing that women like when getting asked for promotions or when projects like if they mention the fact that they might have start a fan like the fact that people like ask oh can you can you do you think having a family will affect you which I guess like independent of gender you know is a can be a valid question you know time commitments change you know, availability changes, blah, blah, blah. But it seems to, and it's pointed out here, it seems to happen more often than not, it's only asked of women, whereas mm. men are not questioned the same way. Even though men nowadays are taking paternity leave for lengthy periods of time. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And like so many of them have been there for a long time as well. Mm. Like that's something kind of, it's like when you go through the descriptions, it's something that kind of gets buried a little. It's like, uh, Advincula was there for since 2007. Carpenter was spent five years at least there, worked for a promotion. Mm. Oh no, like more than five. It has to be like several more years. Yeah, because five years just for the promotion. To, <laughs> yeah, and then she had time to switch over to another position, and then switch back. So yeah. she's been there for a long time. And then yeah. someone's like uh, Harrington was there for more than 16 years. Like these are like lengthy periods of time to have these kind of problems. And, and there's no way yeah. they got like there's like. I know, it's hard to imagine they kind of were better, much better at some stage. Oh, so 100%. Like 15 years yeah. is a long time in, mm. in, an, in any industry. You know what I mean? And to, 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 take fi- to have to like chase something for five years to be promoted, like that's, that's ridiculous. That's not acceptable. And I, I, I'm curious if their male counterparts experienced the same discrimination because uh, some of the women said, no, they didn't. And it also begs the question, you know, what about people from different, um, you know, sexual orientations? What about people of different back, like racial backgrounds, ethnicities, religions? Like, it's it's pretty crazy because, like, you think about if you look at old kind of behind the scenes videos and interviews and stuff from the '90s, even the the early 2000s, it is like 99%. It's like 99% white people, and like maybe 98%, like 80% of those white people are women. Uh, sorry, are men. 
right? In those <laughs> senior positions, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, I'm curious of that that change because, like, when the tech industry was kind of booming in the like seventies, there were a lot of women, there were a lot of we- female engineers, computer programmers, and things like that, and that that kind of changed. But like, I don't know, like, what's why is it why has it gotten so bad again? Like, why are we going back to like the way it used to be? You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's like there was a boys' club mentality that formed within games, and then like early on, but not that early, because like a number of game makers, like pioneers within the industry, mm. are women, mm. like uh, very prominent ones. Yeah. And then at some point, it kind of turned to a boys' club, and then the games they made influenced the next wave of developers yeah. with their own sort of sexist views, as well as just being a certain type of man. Maybe I don't know, not to put the blame on games somehow, but. Yeah, Carol Shaw from River Raid. I think um, uh, I I just had a name in my head. Uh, Roberta Williams, you know, behind the the quest, quest games, the um like King's Quest and stuff. I'm pretty sure she was like Sierra, like she's like one of the pioneers of um, oh, not Roberta Williams. Oh, what was her name? I think it is also a Roberta Williams, but not the one from the Gangland Murders. Like ah, uh, I forgot her name now. I I feel really bad. Um, but like. People, there are pioneers in gaming that we don't really think about. Like, uh, I think of people like, you know, I guess most recently we think of people like Jade Raymond from the Assassin's Creed series. But even then, she's not really as prominent anymore. Like, Gen Z yeah, from like Supergiant Games. Hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely an area where we could see some change. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. really hoping to see something soon because I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I think it's only a matter of time before we see, see similar things coming out of Microsoft and at a larger scale because I feel like Phil Spencer kind of got away with... Remember how like there were some allegations coming out around the same time as Activision Blizzard and stuff? And like I think Phil Spencer didn't cop nearly as much as every other CEO in gaming <laughs> that whenever yeah. something comes out, right? Yeah, because within last week, I think there was something about Microsoft Game Studios or... Was it called like Xbox Studios? I think they're called. I don't know. Yeah. They had a name to it sort of recently. Yeah. Anyway, they said something yes, about how, did. like, I think at least fifty percent of them. Microsoft Gaming or something. Like, uh, leadership, leadership mm. roles are women, which yeah. sounds good. You know, I don't know. It does sound like kind of trying to get a bit of goodwill, even though it's like very much a good thing to be like told about. You know, be publicized. But oh yeah, well yeah. that's what I was gonna say though. It does feel like. This is the start of like a Ubisoft style expose. Like that's gonna come f- soon. It feels so similar. Like not in that Ubisoft. I'm not sure if Ubisoft's uh, problems kind of trickled out in this way, but especially since there's already a lawsuit happening, which already feels like a big step forward in that sense. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm prepared to hear more bad stuff come out of Sony. Which is Whether not something it's about you want to gender discrimination or whatever else. Yeah, which is not something you really want to think about. But hey, yeah, it's that's right. that's gonna happen, and we'll um, I guess when it happens, we'll we'll be here to cover it and be shaking our heads once again. And you know, especially like International Women's Day was just last week. Like, it's mm. it's like we we try to like, I see a lot of companies do like token gestures of like, oh, we did a lunch with all the women in our team, but it's like. You see, like, it's a 200-person company and, like, maybe 30 people are women, like, you know, like, so, 
yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's 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 not yeah. That's that's a different type of politics. So, I guess you know we let's no. we'll we'll keep an eye on this lawsuit and see how it proceeds. But Sony called for you know said that these where are the claims and here are some claims. I'm sure many more are going to come through come out of the woodwork. Like I can I can only imagine the amount of women that have come th- come and gone through Sony's doors and 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 felt the same way. Uh, and maybe we'll see people from you know, different ethnicities and uh, different uh, gender orientations and things like that as well. So. Mm. I'm not going to say look forward to it. I mean, just just keep an eye out. We'll we'll let we'll let you know when that happens. Um, yeah, yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, John, onto some happier news, maybe. Yeah, more neutral at least. Well, it's not bad. Anyway, yeah, um, a lot more <laughs> it's not details. On, we'll take yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> uh, a lot more news on the next upcoming Dead Space remake, which I think is currently called Dead Space remake. When I was looking up information yes. on it earlier. It's like remake sure, is yeah. capitalized, so we'll see how that goes. Um, its developer is Motive Studios, same dev behind Star Wars Squadrons, and I think mm. they helped out on Battlefront 2 as well. We don't talk um, about that. I thought it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think EA Motive itself was made up of uh, EA, the, like, the team that... I think some of the people here worked uh, on the original Dead Space trilogy so right, i think there is okay. a lineage uh, lineage there yeah that's a nice thing for ea to do <laughs> close yeah. visceral and then let's fold them over into another one um yeah so over february 11 and 12 we got a big chunk of new um gameplay and actually oh no i got this mixed up actually no it was on one day <laughs> I, ju- I just realized i kind of split them apart somehow so this included a two minute gameplay clip dubbed an atmospheric walkthrough it's not really trying to be like crazy impressive it's not trying to be like a showcase it's meant to be more of a like a kind of test you know like just kind of a taste test of exactly how where they're up to um otherwise this was part of a lengthy dev live stream which includes around 20 minutes of gameplay footage overall but all of it's in progress and all of it's kind of aimed at showcasing specific features um so it's like lots of dev tools in a lot of the footage but if you want to see kind of where it's at there's the walkthrough clip specifically without that stuff so um from the clip we've seen that it's kind of a remake of a very specific area in the early game of dead space one which kind of seems to be hinting at the idea that they aren't really going to be making any radical changes Mm. from the core game like everything that i think they've shown is very much the last the original game it's not like resident evil 2 where there's like they're really overhauling a lot of stuff yeah seemingly we'll see i think they are making changes when i was looking up you know what they've said previously but yeah it's like so not a reimagining as much is a better way to say it Mm. um and from the footage like i think i saw a lot of comments like including my own saying it's like oh this looks exactly like i remember the first one and then you look at footage of the old ones okay this is very different (laughs) yeah yeah so like yeah it plays on the nostalgia it's it it's like yeah, the like, rose colored glasses. Like we're gonna make this game look like how you remember Dead Space, not how it actually was. Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> not like I think like at first glance, it's not that impressive. I think partly, especially because it's like part of like a live stream. So there's a lot of you know, um, video filtering that kind of really dulls it down a bit. Um, yeah, because like um, s- I'm curious because I'd love to play through the original Dead Space because I've never played it, and um, oh, like okay. I've got it on like. 
because I got like it's been free a few times on Origin and stuff. So definitely would love to play it, but it's like it's it's like do you play PC it or do you wait for this? It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I don't know this is coming out sooner than I realized as well because part of this live stream was the announcement that it um that that space remake is set for early twenty twenty three. So it's not too far away, really, especially when there's so many games coming out next yeah. month or next year. I mean, um, but yeah. So some of the new information that's been coming out is the Alive system, which is an acronym, which I'm sure isn't a very good acronym. Um, it kind of tracks Isaac's um, breathing, like the main character Isaac, um, his breathing and vocal excursions, which I'm guessing is meaning whatever i'm not sure why that word is used um being it's an interesting so like as you play the way that he's animated and the like the kind of audio cues that he's like triggering i guess like that's being scripted to him are like changing so like depending on his health on the jump scares being like i guess like interacted with and how long he's been like in the game like how long you've been playing the that specific run so um these various states will apparently affect dialogue um, with three variations recorded based on the player's state. So these being normal, fatigued, and injured. So um, the new footage also showcased um, changes to weapon sounds and how audio occlusion works within the environment. So this means um, they're because they kind of showcase it where there's like a um, a hallway that goes all the way to the left and then kind of you know u turns all the way to the right with sound mm. coming from the end so they're saying how they kind of show how originally that sound was not making sense <laughs> in, in like re in a real life sense like it was coming from the right even though it should have been bouncing along the hallway and hitting you from the left so they've kind of been you know they've been upgrading the audio of the original game which so was a, a big of it, part of the ambience of the original game yes yeah like it's there's yeah, the audio is a huge part of it and like the it's my impression from the like just reading and watching bits of the live stream was that they seem to be upgrading like the foundation of dead space not really changing much of like the level design or gameplay because a lot of that was already quite strong and i think they're just what's worth why is why bother tinkering with it when you don't have to so I think a lot of it, so like something they've talked about as well is like something called the peeling system where, where flesh will like oh, strip from yeah. characters as you shoot them. So which is like, it's not necessary, but I guess <laughs> it adds to the game. Like, yeah. I, I guess like I wouldn't, you know, I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, a question. Yes. Hmm? You played the original games, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Would you rather they have made a new one a reboot or or do you, or are you okay with it just being like a remake of the of the same game um i'm pretty cool with it being a remake i'm not like i don't have dead space one and two of those games that i like i remember i played a lot of it in high school and then i don't really remember them very well at all anymore mm. uh, like i and they're also hard to access as well because pc ports are pretty shoddy from my understanding and oh, there okay. are no next gen like there were no like ports following their original release yeah because so, it was a 360 because um, it came out in 2010 i believe so yeah it would have been pc 360 ps3 i don't remember them coming to ps4 and i think maybe on xbox one xbox series it's probably like one of those things where it's like frame rate boost like just by virtue of the way microsoft builds its emulator but i yeah maybe don't think it got an official re-release no, I, I don't think it did at all. Like, 
on any yeah, of those yeah. systems. It's been like one of a handful of like popular games that has or it. like series, <laughs> yeah, which is like becoming increasingly rare over the years, and it's still stuck there, mm. which is strange. But um, yeah, so I'm pretty happy with getting like a full remake personally, just because yeah. I don't remember it that well anyway. So it's basically a new game to me. Um, I think it'll. I think what this could do is, like a remake. Like companies have done this before. Like remasters and remakes are a great way to get used to like a new engine a new system using assets you've already had or using like game like you're not starting from scratch so maybe what this could mean is that if this does really well and then ea motive has got more familiarity with the new consoles we might actually then see like a dead space 4 or like a you know like a a next original dead space yeah yeah which could be which could be cool yeah, that's kind of like because they'll leave them room to like expand the story and like world a bit. Because from what I understand, because I never played three, three's the co op one most people hated. But as I understood it, three like really locked down the story. Like it, it was it very linear. Yeah, like no, it's like, yeah, like it pigeonholed them in terms of like how they could follow it up or yeah. expand on it. Like it just ended it. So and the DLC was crazy I, as well, apparently. It's got a very crazy ending involving it's got like crazy stuff involving sentient moons and weird shit like that oh, okay <laughs> yeah but it's um yeah so i think there's like a lot of room to kind of expand the kind of foundation of the first one as something to create stuff out of because they were like spin-offs as well actually i just remember that it was like the light gun game on the wii and stuff but like it was um, like comics and i think maybe even novels yeah, and I stuff yeah. how, i actually read one of the novels i don't remember anything about it but <laughs> um, i think that says enough <laughs> maybe um anyway so the dead space remake is set for early 2023 just to repeat myself um there's another dev stream happening in may that will be focused on the art design and yeah that's the end of dead space news mm. Mm. and that's going to do it for the news this week in general i uh yeah well, i guess interested in seeing how that um how that goes and i guess let's uh let's uh take a quick Let's take a, a quick break and transition over to the news, everyone. I mean, into the chit-chat. Love that music. Oh, yeah. Chat, please let us know if the audio is coming through just fine. <laughs> so, uh, John, you've been watching some things. Yeah, I um I wanted to. I'm not sure how much I'll talk about it. It's always hard to talk about movies like by myself <laughs> on the podcast. I don't know why, but it it always is. Um, but I watched um Turning Red, the new Pixar movie that was um on Disney Plus. Like so, no theater release, which is a bummer actually. Um, yeah, it's like my favorite Pixar movie in a bit. Like I, because I really liked Coco, the like um the one Mexican with the theme. guitar, the guitar yeah, movie. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm. Like, I love that one. And I think since those two, I'm like, Turning Red's like my new, one of my new favorites along because I really like Ratatouille. That's like one of my favorites of Pixar generally. Was that, that Pixar? Kind of, or was that just Disney? That was Pixar, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, oh fair enough. But it's like, um, yeah, this one, like, for me personally, it like ranks up there. Like, I really Sick. love it. Like, because it's like, I love the animation. I love like the character designs. 
I'm trying to go through my notes because I take notes on movies a lot of the time, but I actually wrote a lot, so it's hard to get through. <laughs> but it's like it's kind of my favorite like 3D animated thing in a while because it felt like <laughs> it kind of riffed on like 2D anime or just like Western animation a lot because there's like a lot of like still frames where you, like because i feel like i don't see that much in 3d animation where it kind of like slows down yeah until you like kind of drink in an image like I, I have i don't know i feel like i don't notice that too often hmm. um because i watch Encanto, the disney movie over the weekend as well i don't know yeah. why i wanted to watch these movies <laughs> especially Encanto. i think i just heard, i remembered it was like oh that was meant to be good so i watched it well, but um that one didn't like strike me as much like nearly as much as i had one. a question do you think that, like, do you think that, like, now that these movies are pretty much just, like, Disney Plus, it kind of, like, devalues them in a way? Like, they Pixar movies used to be, like, a, you know, like, a big deal, like, not mm. too long ago, right? And I feel like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's It doesn't well, it's seem like, the same. Yeah, I don't disagree, but it's, like, I think that's, like, the reason Disney are specifically using Pixar movies for this. Is because they know it drives up subs. Like, yeah, you know, it's like because a lot of these are choice. Like the way they decide these, or at least that's how I, the way I see it. It's not like I know, but they kind of choose things based on what will get people to sub for an extra month, just for like just for a month. Like you're mm. essentially trying to get people to buy a cinema ticket, just you know, yeah. a subscription version of it. Like it's like, oh, what will get ten dollars out of people? This, yeah. for this specific chunk of time and you know that, you know, uh, so that a chunk of those people will forget to uh like cancel <laughs> cancel yeah, their exactly. subscriptions anyway yeah so it's like win-win for them like they get money either way so it's like that's how i see it or it's like pixar like compared to the disney movies are apparently good i don't really don't watch many of those ones but um yeah pixar movies like have that reputation so they know it like you know, it's like oh a pixar movie like i want to watch like i'll you know, I want to spend money on that because I know it's good or it should be good, even though their reputation has kind of faltered, I think, in the last decade or so compared to where it was. But it's... uh Anyway, that's how I see it. Like I, But I really would like to see this in the cinema because the animation is just completely gorgeous. Like, I really love it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's like... I don't know, like, it's this is one of those things where I'll just be kind of going over how much I like every aspect of it, so I think I'll just cut it there <laughs> for now. <laughs> but it's like, I love the direction, I love the music, I love, like, blah, blah, blah. It's all very good. So go watch it if you're at all interested, I think. I love that the, the, the evil grandma from the Marvel Netflix shows is, like, in this as the grandma. <laughs> oh, I don't remember her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, she didn't talk much in those shows, so I, I don't expect that. Finally, a Kiwi streamer. Hello, hello. Uh, not quite Kiwi. We are from Australia, <laughs> but we are very fond of our Kiwi friends. So thank you so much uh, <laughs> for joining us, Paula. How, how was your evening or morning going? Um, sorry, John. <laughs> no, fine. I was just thinking, I was like, wait, is, like, is it you that's maybe Kiwi or me? Oh. Probably you, really. I'm um, too pale for that. But, um, <laughs> all yeah. good, all good. I know that. Um, I know that. Uh, maybe my accent sometimes can be a bit confusing. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, we've got Polar Knights is from Norway. Hello to our Norwegian friends. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. <laughs> hey. We are. Um, if you've just joined us, we are talking about uh, Turning Red, the new uh, Pixar film, Disney slash Pixar film that. Uh, 
premiered over the weekend on um, Disney Plus. What might we call Disney Star in other countries? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, thank you like so much for the subscription. You, you're a bloody legend, as we say down under. <laughs> yeah, as I always say. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I don't think I have too much to add, though. It's like, it's, yeah, if you watch it, we'll talk about it more. But otherwise, I think I'll just leave oh, it there. Thank you for following as well. We really appreciate it. <laughs> please, um, we, if you have a question for us about anything going on in gaming, uh, please ask it in chat and John and I will answer it at the end of the segment. Um, but yes, John, uh, what else? <laughs> yes. Is, um. We appreciate the uh, Polonites. I assume this is how it is done. Uh, you sub and then follow. Uh, it's totally up to you. We we appreciate anything uh, that you can do to support us. Um, but yes, definitely please join the community. Uh, our Discord's uh, our Discord links on the on the the stream at the moment. So please join the community. Say hi and and yeah, uh, please ask us a question. More than happy to answer it for you. Uh, John, yes, sorry. Please. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, watch the Batman as well. Yes. I'm not sure if we should save that for later for like spoiler stuff if you want to get into anything like gotcha. that. Or should I... What are you thinking? We could do that. I mean, it depends like, uh, you know, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll have a, like, a, a, like a proper spoiler chat at the end. So okay. um, maybe before we move on to uh, what you've been playing, John, we've got a question from Polar Knights. Uh, question, is it true that Russians are getting banned from European gaming servers on Friday? Ooh, that is a good question. I I know that um, specific companies have started banning teams and you know European like yeah. organizations, but I'm not 100%. Um, I know like Pokemon Go is banning yeah. Russian players. Well, I guess that's got something to do with it being like a GPS-based game and stuff. Yes, so I'm not sure. yes. A lot so of them are locking the players out generally, I imagine. But I really don't know. Got you, got you. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so... Okay, so Epic Games is banning Russian uh, competitors from Fortnite tournaments. Um, and uh, I guess Pokemon Go saying that... I guess using the geolocation part of... You know, the game is banning people located within Russia and Belarus. And uh, Sony, Microsoft, Epic Games, uh, quite a few companies have pulled their games from Russian uh, stores and Russian uh, digital. It is messed up. It, it, it is a tricky situation because it's, it's difficult because the... I, I don't know if you agree, John, but like I, I get why these sanctions are happening, but... You know, I feel like maybe it's affecting the wrong people. Like, like uh, you know, not everyone... It I guess it's assuming that everyone in Russia and Belarus is supporting the invasion of Ukraine. Like, not every player yeah. is. Like, maybe someone just is just happens to be in that country but do, isn't for, you know, what's going on and it's just caught up in all of this. Like, I'm not sure if I, if I agree with this kind of, like, nuclear... Op- Sorry, no, no, no. Let me take that back. With this, like, kind of like, really like drastic option. What yeah, do you think? It's because I, I just to mention it quickly. I know um, GSC, the developers Stalker Two, like yeah. they've announced they're not going to sell hmm. that game in Russia at all. But yeah. they're also Ukraine. They're based they're in also Ukraine. Yeah. Based in, yeah. So yeah. they've also got stronger ties. I, I believe also. I think Four A Games. Um, 
which is the developers of the Metro series, I think also are based in Ukraine because I think they were a splinter of GSC Game World from back in the day. Um, mm. Polar Knight says that uh, I have a buddy in Russia. He can't use his Netflix. Yeah, uh, that's um, yeah, that uh, I feel for them. Um, obviously, mm. I'm hoping that they're they're not for that. Like the the thing about all this stuff happening in the Ukraine is that, like, you know, what? Why is it only? Like, why is it only such a big deal when America kicks up a fuss? Like, why do we not say anything when it's like, you know, like China doing something or the Middle East doing something? Like, you know, um, like there's so many yeah, countries I've around the world. There's like, I've seen, I was seeing comparisons about like, how are people not responding this way with Syria? And, and things like that. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, um, you know, like just like if it's happening with people of darker skin, that it's not, um, the, the, yeah, uh, Polonite saying it is the blue eyes factor, not this big a fuss when USA invaded Iraq. Like that's the thing, you know what I mean? Um, like you know, I, I maybe it's also the fact that we live in a a more connected world, a more socially connected world that news spreads so quickly. You know, you're not just reliant on what you see on TV. Like you see things on Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok, wherever. Like you're just bombarded with all this news every day. Uh, compared to you know twenty years ago when when the U.S. invasion of Iraq, the the second U.S. war in Iraq, like there was a very different world back then, and yeah, I don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty maybe. That's all I'm yeah, gonna say. Honestly, yeah, honestly, I'm not like I definitely don't feel like I have enough information to say other than it does feel kind of odd when it's kind of game makers and publishers making like taking these steps to like ban like the average citizen which mm. is like that kind of stuff feels like relatively ineffectual and more like pan not i don't know that feels kind of like grandstanding a little bit mm. just because it's like it tends to hit so few people that matter but yeah i don't know i really wouldn't know much more than that i think mm. so mm. and yeah. um and yeah polonites asks how is big red the movie i presume you mean turning red uh john liked it overall um, but if you want to know his like his more in-depth thoughts, uh, just uh, subscribe to Double Jumper Radio. And when this episode goes live, hopefully in the next couple of days, uh, John, uh, you can listen to John's like in-depth kind of discussion about it. Um, it's a it's a cool <laughs> uh, yeah. in-depth. You know. In-depth, interesting. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I watch it this week, we can we can have a deeper talk about it next week. Yeah, maybe. yeah. John, you also played some. You know, we talked about it before, but you did play the the third demo of stranger of paradise yes um you actually really liked it a lot <laughs> like because I, I really like the gameplay systems because it's like it's kind of kind of based on neo yep except it's far simpler and more like kind of hack and slashy but it still has and it has like the job system from mm. final fantasy kind of where it's just like a bunch of skill trees like class systems that you kind of make your way through to yeah. unlock more classes that give you like a lot of passive bonuses to your gameplay. It's just like the progression system is very, very fun to me. And yes, I was like kind of sure. surprised to hear like the lukewarm reviews. And then when I read a few of them, it basically, because I thought the gameplay would like bring it up to Neo levels. Because, oh yeah, because that's another point. 
the story is like completely awful like i was really underestimating how bad it would be <laughs> like the writing <laughs> is so poor it was really cheesy when i when we saw those first trailers like yeah exactly must like kill it, chaos <laughs> yeah because i played the first demo and it stands out as like okay this sucks but it's like it's so like it's really kind of stunning where it's just like like playing through like a chunk of the game because mm. this is like the demo is like the first section of the game um, and like you really get a sense it's like oh wow there's a there's like nothing redeemable in this other yeah. than to laugh at it but it's also just kind of so like mundane and so <laughs> like trite it's just so like there's just nothing there to really enjoy when you have to be subjugated to so much of it yeah is that the word no i don't think it was but anyway <laughs> it's like there's so much of it and it's just like it gets boring very fast as oops, i don't um, think subjected to it yeah, that's it. <laughs> Damn, that's a bad word to mistake. Um, anyway, I really like the gameplay, but I think from reading the reviews, my impression was that the story never gets any better, which is a real problem for a game that goes for a while. Mm. And two, the gameplay kind of, I, I got the sense from the way people described it is that kind of it doesn't like hold its value over time. Like it kind of, it doesn't have legs as a gameplay setup. Like it gets kind of too repetitive and you just, I don't know how long it is, but like thinking back on it, it's like, oh, okay, I can see that. Just because I really enjoyed it, but it's also, I think it's just playing a Soulsy-ish, Neo-ish game that's quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of getting caught up in how much I'm enjoying not dying constantly. Yes. <laughs> that might be part of it. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, Polonite's talking about, you know, not being impressed by games like this. Wanting something like, you know, playing Halo for the first time where you're just blown away by the quality of the games. Yeah, this doesn't seem like that. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not really. Um, yeah, it's a harsh comparison to first time with Halo, I think. It's yeah. Not really, it's very, it's, even as like a Soulsy thing, it makes like a bad impression, you know, because it's, really, it's not Soulsy at all in that it's not hard at all. And you lose nothing. You lose like practically nothing when you die. So it has doesn't have the same gameplay. Loop. So, so is it anything like a, even on the level of like a platinum platinum games release, like a near automata? It's closer to that. I haven't played automata much beyond the demo, so yeah. I'm not sure how closely it compares. Have to you that, played Bayonetta and, and games like that, like from from? Platinum? Yeah, I played a lot of those. Okay, yeah. so how does it feel compared to that? Is it that type of game? Because it it looked like it. It's. Well, that's kind of why I tried to say like hack and slash. Like it's kind of like a loot heavy action game with the kind of general like camera perspective and level design of Neo. Okay. Which was also sort of Soulsy, except it was yeah. level based instead of like a big large environment that you traverse through. Yep. Um Yeah, I think that breaks it down okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um yeah. it's I don't know, because I yeah. I, I, that kind of i think that kind of sums up a lot of what i said it's like there's two points it's like <laughs> I, I like the gameplay a lot but from what i've read it doesn't hold up over time yep, which is yep. a disappointment hmm. um because I, I would like to play it eventually even yeah. though there's too much good stuff coming out especially like especially because it ties in with like a 40 year old story like the original final fantasy i think it kind of it serves as a prequel to that in some way like it's related to it right well, something I wasn't aware of until I was reading reviews is that this is this game was meant to release as part of the 35th anniversary of the Final Fantasy series. So, and a oh, lot wow. of the levels are like blatant, like are directly based on Final Fantasy games. So, there's one that's based on like the Mako reactor of Final Fantasy VII, 
there's a few gotcha. more like that like directly like you know basing itself on different series different oh, games okay in the series um and it's just like it is i'm not sure it's a very good celebration <laughs> i don't yeah. think it's very it really succeeds at doing that <laughs> But, um, some harsh criticism coming from Polar Knights. I do not. I don't want to play games my dad did play. <laughs> it's uh, that's a bit harsh. What if your dad played Halo though, and you saying that you want to play Halo for the? Then again, I don't know how old you are, so maybe it's a different conversation. But yeah, I yeah, because like I remember like when they showed the original. I think one of the original trailers we saw like the Dark Knight, like the all black knight, and I think people were speculating that oh no, this is the. I think this is like the Black Mage from the original Final Fantasy. This is like their final form or something. It was um okay. yeah. I, I think there was some speculation like that. But anyway, I I remember <laughs> part of the way that this game's development went is that people like Americans in particular, I think, like immediately figured out the twist of the game, <laughs> which is that the main <laughs> character is like the villain or something of the first game or something somehow ties into him. Yeah. And they figured it out so quickly that they had to completely change their marketing <laughs> because, like, they couldn't keep like dancing around it. Yeah, <laughs> I've tr um, trust the internet to figure this stuff out now. Yeah, I was really <laughs> shocked. Like, I'll, I'll kind of end it here, but it's like there's like real talent on the writing side of it. Like, okay, these people have been involved with like critically acclaimed games in the Final Fantasy series, and the writing is so poor on like every side so far. It's it's I don't know. It, it's very surprising to me just how much of an impact that like that kind of it makes on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Set yourself up for disappointment there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. yeah. What about you? You've been watching stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, the the original the official anime series. So, I, I, I just. I know you talked about it with some reverence recently and I was like, oh, you know what? I've been hearing, I've seen all the memes, all the uh, roundabout memes. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to actually start watching. So I started watching it. I started watching the first four episodes. Like, listen, it's not the best. <laughs> like, yeah, the first part is, it's different. very crude. Like there's a, it, it, a lot, there's a lot of like logical leaps and skips you have to do with the first episode, first couple of episodes. And it's kind of fucked up, like this, like this Dio character that um that we're like is the main villain in the first, like story arc is like so stereo, like there's like nothing redemptive about this person besides the fact that oh he had a shit dad growing up, but like he's so like just evil. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you'll become aware of that as if you ever like get through a good chunk of the series. Yeah, that's the Dio is rad. That D uh, okay, cool. I guess he does come back. Or his in descendants first, or something. In the first part, it doesn't become all that clear unless yeah. you have a certain taste in things. Yeah. Because yeah. he's... Yeah. I, I presume, like, the inkling I get is that, like, it follows the descendants of the Joestar family throughout time. And I'm sure that there's also descendants of the Brando family, like the Dio side. Or, like, equivalents to him in each arc, in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, there has to be. It's like a. So it's, I won't spoil yeah. it, but yeah. I, like you are more. You kind of yeah. Um, You're not that far off. Like it, it kind of sets off. Like, but the thing is, like, like Jonas and Josta from. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just the. It's just funny when they like, they just like make a when characters make a big deal of pronouncing his name, it's, yeah. <laughs> and then they just resort to JoJo afterwards. Is like um, 
it's 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 cool like just just let me know this does the mask continue being relevant in later series uh a little bit okay yeah. cool cool i can now make a i think that's right yeah i don't know it's been a second i don't like i haven't thought about the series all that much in a little while so my memory might be a bit foggy with certain things but yeah. i will say because i think part one ends at like episode seven or eight or something yeah, yeah. like you're not that far off the end yeah yeah and then part two is right after that part yep. two is great like i love that series sweet like that one i really love mm. and at polonite says uh this is a first for me i can now make an x on my bucket list where i've seen other an, uh, other blokes bed and his toys so i guess your bed and my toys in the background <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah oh yeah you do oh nice <laughs> hey why not man these are our spaces we can do what we want <laughs> um yeah so i'm see uh, i'm and i'm halfway through the pat labor movie i haven't <laughs> like halfway through it just like kind of just like kind of stop watching it um I got to like get back into it. So, so Pat Labor, the Mobile Police. Uh, I w- so John watched the movie, didn't realize it was an anime series. I don't know if you watched the anime, but uh, sorry, the OVA series. So I watched the OVAs when John told me about the movie because w- inevitably, what happens is when I find out about a new property, I research the shit out of it, and then I'm like, okay, do I need to watch anything to enjoy? Blah blah blah. And it turns out that the OVAs, the original video animations, like a, a Basically, like a series of seven episodes, like half-hour episodes, uh, characters in that go into the movie. Like it, it's a direct continuation of the the OVA, whereas the anime that came out at the same time is unrelated, <laughs> which is confusing as hell. Yeah. As hell. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I'm I'm enjoying JoJo's Bizarre Adventure so far. Um, I, I really. It's like it's it's it's. I mean, if you say it's over top, but then so is Dragon Ball Z. So it's like it's like you know talking about power levels and like you know inevitably someone who's got more potential than everyone else. Like, <laughs> yeah, the over the top nature of it becomes clear in the second part, and even yeah. then it it com- kind of constantly escalates throughout. the Which series. I don't know how because it's already escalating pretty far. So which is uh, in the, th- I in love the third it. season, it's kind of when it takes its like true form as a series. The first <laughs> parts are kind of like different, testing the waters yeah cool so cool. it's uh, yeah. it's it's like <laughs> i don't think you can like fully comprehend how odd it is as a as a series until you've kind of watched a good amount of it i look forward to it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well that's going to do it for jojo's bizarre adventure um i guess before we talk about the batman obi-wan kenobi the trailer came out like the, the like the proper full-length trailer came out this week what do you think what did you think john um, I don't think I realized until I read comments saying like mentioning the music. I was like, oh, that's why I was kind of drawn into it. Yeah. Because otherwise, the trailer's like it's it's not bad or anything. But I didn't realize like, oh, that's kind of why I'm digging it. I think. <laughs> also, playing seeing places that aren't Tatooine helps too. Um, also, there is a lot of Tatooine. The, yes, so. I was gonna say that. Is that uh, <laughs> like maybe it's COVID filming locations, you know, travel restrictions and stuff. But it is definitely a lot of Tatooine. <laughs> yeah it's not well it's like i was excited like the hong not hong kong alien planet is like exciting enough to me where it's like that's like that's what i'm remembered yeah i think i'm already over like i'm over tatooine but i think i'm like over complaining about it after our 
um, Boba Fett talks, where it's like, okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm out of energy with that stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm well, enthused by it. Like, you know, it's like, it's got like, <laughs> it's like the main thing is that Ewan McGregor is back and he's very good Hello at that there. role. I love that actor in general. <laughs> yeah, and like that's kind of enough to carry me forward with like interest in it. Like I'd probably watch it anyway, really, because Star Wars stuff like there isn't that much of it that comes out that it's like hard to follow. Yeah, you know, because we haven't really but had uh... returning, like we haven't really had returning characters. Like with the same actors in the shows, have we? Well, it's like, oh, does Boba Fett not count? I guess he kind of counts. But I not guess he really. kind of counts. I mean, technically, he was Jango Fett. I mean, Mark yeah, Hamill but... was technically voiced by him. Oh, they just God, had that's... it all, you know, computer <laughs> puppet over him. <laughs> and th- there was all those like cry like things on the internet talking about Sebastian Stan, who should have played him instead. Like, yeah, I saw that you as see well. the similarities. I-, I can see that, but. I don't know. Um, yeah, they they really they, okay. Like I, I'm just worried because, like the Mandalorian season one, it was I think it was good. Uh, Mandalorian season two I think was better. I think it really kind of like hit its stride. I think it knew what it wanted to do. It kind of like like it had an arc finally. Whereas I feel like the Mandalorian season one, there were a few in between episodes where it was just kind of like nothing to do with Grogu's journey and then like mm. Boba Fett we get like the Mandalorian I guess season 2.5 and then basically just like resets everything that like gives like wipes away everything that was of consequence at the end of season 2 of Mandalorian in terms of Grogu and stuff right and yeah. and then this it's like okay it opens with Tatooine <laughs> a lot of it's Tatooine the posters about Tatooine. I feel like the bits we saw of like the 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 city, maybe like maybe one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like every mm. time it could, like every time it gets brought up, I keep thinking about how um, like how Tatooine was originally meant to be like nowhere. Like it was just like a dumpster or a planet. And there's been so much of the Star Wars series based on it now that it's yes. like the center of the universe. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of amazing how that shifted because like you know like Coruscant. Mm. Like the kind of like shiny city planet, city planet. Yeah, it's like with like six trillion people or whatever on it. Like it has a lot of people on it, and like you don't ever see it. It's like kind of amazing. Like I'm not like upset by it. It's just kind of like I'm. I'd like different locations mainly. Like I don't care about you know whatever else. But it's um, yeah. It's I don't know. It's like so. It's amazing that the Hong Kong planet stuck in my mind so much more than Tatooine. So so is that not Coruscant? I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure they've like said it like in interviews and stuff. I think they've explained it's like a separate planet. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause like, um, thank God. Cause I, yeah, I've just been burnt. I, I mean, let's be honest. We're going to watch them. It's not like we're not going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll begrudgingly yeah, watch enough. it. Uh, Polar Knight says, I don't want to watch a bloke walking in the sand all day. I can just as well watch an Aussie do a walkabout. Uh, yeah, I guess that's. I mean, to be fair, you saw a Kiwi do a walkabout in in, in Boba Fett. So. Yeah, uh, I guess we'd yeah yeah never get to see a Scottish guy do it. Isn't that where you and McGregor? Yeah, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. Yeah, 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 but he but he's got a British accent in this because he's basically playing like a young Alec Guinness, like from the original like trilogy, and like Alec right. Guinness is like very like I think he was like a theatre actor, so like very good enunciation and stuff, you know, very Shakespearean delivery. And and apparently he like hated Star Wars. 
Like, you thought it was, like, the devil's, like, kind of devil <laughs> okay. stories because it was, like, dealing with, like, supernatural stuff, which okay. I think That's Harry like, Potter's like that like, as well. <laughs> when he said, like, hated Star Wars, I didn't expect the next word to be devils. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Boba oh. Fett a Kiwi? Wow, that explains him being a crime lord. I, I don't know what that means. Uh, what? Are you talking about Jake yeah. the Muss from uh, Once Were Warriors, uh, who Tamir Morrison played? So Tamir Morrison is the actor who plays Boba Fett. He played Jango Fett, Boba Fett's father, in the original in, in episode two, Attack of the Clones. And I guess like um yeah, it was a uh, kind of like a retconned that he was Boba Fett as well because Boba Fett being a clone of Jango Fett meant that, you know, it would be genetically identical, so you'd have the same actor I guess playing it. Um yeah. Anyway, um yeah, so oh, yeah. Excited, but let's see. Yeah, I also like added some bits to our show notes mm. about like there was like news came out today that apparently this was like delayed significantly because the original scripts were too dark. So they've been what? It's kind of an interesting point. It for is the dark. The Jedi's have been hunted. They're being hunted. Like he's like one of the surviving ones. Like well, how is that not dark? How do you make that not dark? Yeah, put I don't the know. put the Ewoks <laughs> back in or whatever. Yeah, so they brought in new writers to craft a sunnier story. Oh, so great. I don't know what. Sunnier. Okay, or Tatooine. Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> They're three sons now. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. It's, um, um, man, I'm worried. You know how you talked about uh, Final Fantasy Origin and how there's like a lot of stellar writers on there, but it still turned out to be a bit kind of cringe. <laughs> I think that that is the problem when you have that many rewrites. Like when you have that many people trying to make something happen like there's no like singular voice to give a cohesion excuse me to everything so i wonder if it's going to be like um every episode is like you know like it's like a crime procedural like it's like sort of like how mandalorian had that where it's like every episode was like a different story its own story so i wonder if that's going to happen here when you have the different writers because then that would be cool well, it's like yeah. a lot of TV shows have like a lot of separate writers regardless yeah. of like the way the story That's they're true. telling. That's so true. They really could turn out. Div- I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how like if the starting point for this series development was ultra dark. Like is it like the quote is incredibly bleak, I think it says something like that. I don't know. It's incredibly dark. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like it's um yeah. So I don't know. It has to be a little kind of grim still, I imagine. Mm. I'm just kind of interested to see where the story goes from there. But, yeah, and apparently Hayden Christensen's in this. Like, I think he's seen in the trailer a little bit, like teased, but okay. I don't remember seeing him. But yeah, I remember seeing the um, Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, or whatever his name is. Yeah, like the one who kind of looks like Darth Vader without a mask. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. I was like, okay, so we get that person, but it's like, um, I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, like. It's set not long after Revenge of the Sith, but mm. it's like he's like it's been to, like seventeen years. He's he's not going to look the same, but maybe they'll just say, "Oh, the yeah. stress well, of they being added in a hiding." Bit of gray hair okay. to his head, like isn't that enough? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. That's true. He he's a lot more um, like he looks older than Qui Gon Jinn when Qui Gon Jinn in um in Episode One, and it's only meant to be oh, but I guess it's like meant to be like what six years or something but i don't know man yeah. it seems like a lot more than that 
But yeah. He has been living on a sand planet by himself. Yeah, yeah, as we know, uh, as any tradie like bricklayer from the older generations will tell you, being in the sun all day will age you prematurely. Mm. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I, I, I'm just hoping... I wonder, like... Let, let's speculate a little bit. Where do you think the series ends? Do you think it's series the series ends where Star Wars Episode 4 takes, like where, you know, that takes off? Or do you think this is going to be a, um, how should I put it, like a multi-season series and then that, at the end of that we'll see like the old guy Obi-Wan? I think they've already called it a limited series, so I'm not sure we'll see much else. Yeah. But like, um, I don't know. I could see it having like a time skip and having like very prosthetics heavy Ewan McGregor at the end. Mm. But I don't know. The way I, like, the way I see the story is just Obi-Wan kind of confronting Anakin again and sort of hopefully that being kind of pretty dramatically heavy in a way that's, you know, worthwhile. What do you mean? Because a lot of these kind yeah. of... It feels like it might be more of, you know, there's a lot of, hopefully there's some good dramatic scenes between the two of them is kind of what I meant. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, like, I think from what's been discussed about the show so far is the idea is that Vader's, like, Anakin's incredibly just full of rage and hunting, and like, Obi-Wan down or something like that. And mm. Obi-Wan's kind of got his own, like, you know, incredibly depressed, depressed feelings yeah. about how things well, to be fair. To be fair, Obi like the Jedi suck, like their whole order sucks. Like they're kind of lame. Like, yeah, and that, <laughs> even that could be something they could. I mean, they won't, but yeah. like that could be something you could discuss his uh, his own like background, as it like without having the Jedi order to like fall back to in any way. Like yeah. his isolation. There's a lot there you can do like narratively. Mm. I'm just not sure quite if they're gonna really live up to the potential of it. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like. Like, you know, like the Clone Wars were mentioned in episode four, where it's like, I fought alongside your father in the Clone Wars. It's like, it's like, you fought in the Clone Wars? And it's like, and then we didn't hear anything about it until like episode two. And then like we had the, the animated series and stuff. But it's like, like Obi-Wan's meant to be like this badass. But like, you don't really see that too much in, I don't know. Like he, he chopped Darth Maul in half, but I feel like you didn't see too much of his like like awesomeness in episode two i guess episode three was a little bit different but hey he beat anakin and anakin was meant to be the chosen one so we'll see yeah i'm not really too interested in like more lightsaber battle battles as quite as much i mean they will be there but yeah i don't know i just kind of hope it's like compared to boba fett there's just kind of, you know like that's what we ranted like that's what i ranted about for <laughs> yeah. a long time yeah it was just like boba fett series had a lot going on they could have tackled and for whatever reason they didn't and it just ended up feeling like a total waste of time like almost yeah. total waste of time like nothing like there's so little to it that's like worth watching like in the grand scheme of things and i'd like i'll hopefully that's not how this one goes i imagine ewan had to be kind of brought in by either a lot of money or like a compelling script or both so hopefully that's kind of what's going on. Hmm. So. Now I'm just saying, uh, Polar Knights added, I love sci-fi, especially that movie where those hobbits travel in the Stargate looking for that ring to unite the planet of Hogwarts against the evil Jedi on the Battlestar with the Vulcan captain. I guess that kind of summarizes 
all the pop culture we'll probably ever reference in this show in one sentence there. <laughs> yeah, we just end it there, really. <laughs> I think that's the thing with like a lot of sci-fi now is there's just too much lore to kind of... I think everything tries to become... I don't know. Like, I guess I haven't read a lot of new stuff like sci-fi. Maybe I should. If if you have any recommendations of books to read, I I definitely would take. Don't say Dune. Cause <laughs> besides Dune, I don't know, John. Yeah. Any anything? I guess like um, we'll we'll find out soon enough. But I'm hoping this is a more Mandalorian season two than a Boba Fett. Let's. I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, let's let's just quickly talk about the Batman because I know we're we're going we're running I guess almost two hours now. Mm. What did you think about it? Um, I liked it a lot. I feel like I appreciate it more for its like visuals and atmosphere yeah. a lot. Like I feel like I kind of underestimated how strong that element would be in the movie. I really mm. like that. Like it, it's just so like it's so. It reminded me of '90s movies mm. where they had like where movies would have like a gigantic budget to just throw into being like a full, large scale genre piece, like a world. Is it for? Yeah, yeah, like because it's all done like so much of it's done physically or seemingly. Maybe it's laid in or whatever, but like, it's I know it, it's very like it's just a very powerful on a visual and a aesthetic level, which I feel like I don't see much from big budget movies. That was very exciting. Um, yeah, just to kind of get through stuff quickly, I guess. Is um What do you what are your notes? Tell me. Yeah, so I liked Yeah, like the big flaw I found with it was that I oh, I felt uh Paul and I sorry. Uh, uh there are gonna be spoilers. With the these are good. uh if you want to know about like a non spoiler talk, maybe listen to last week's episode of Double Jump Radio. But yes, John, I just thought I'd warn <laughs> anyone yeah, listening or watching right I'm, now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually not sure I'll actually touch on spoilers specifically sure. just because my opinions are more like broad, sure. I think. Like sure. that's what I wrote down. But so um, the one thing I didn't really like about it was Bruce felt sort of like as a character, he felt kind of half-hearted to me. He kind of felt like he wanted to... It's like they wanted to have him be really kind of alien and remote, but it felt like because of that, it kind of undermined the dramatic moments that he was involved in. Like It's not like I didn't care about him at all, but it did feel like there was moments where he kind of acted in a really cold, like kind of distant way, especially with Selena, What's... and it ends up kind of and and Alfred, like he's just a dick. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't mind that. It's just like it ends up kind of. It felt like they were trying to do both more than just trying to stick with. Like I, I liked. I'd rather him not be some kind of completely cold, robotic weirdo because that's its own problem. That sounds worse, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I felt like they didn't quite balance it right. Like, because okay. Pattinson did a good job, I thought. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, so it's like his scenes with Selena ended up feeling like Selena, like Kravitz playing Selena did such a great job. Like, she had a lot more charisma in that role than I expected her to have. Yeah. Um, just kind of judging from the trailers. Yeah. But it kind of feels like she's playing the like the <laughs> the scenes with both sides Bruce by himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it feels like she's doing like all the work. Which is kind of disappointing. Like it, but know, she's not, not really, really in scenes with Bruce. She's in scenes with Batman, right? But I guess like that kind oh, of that yeah, coldness carries over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's but like, do you? I, did I get you, that yeah. Batman its own. Thing, did you see that? I'll keep going, did you did you see that transformation though, in that like third act where you did see Batman change from a cold hearted, kind of like, like you know when when 
like there's there's some reconciliation there, you know, reconciling with Alfred, uh, and 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 making and like you know, like, like uh, spoilers, but like you know that whole symbolism of like um, uh, like, you know, like when the guy says I'm vengeance, and then that's like that's like the symbolism of like oh he's realized now that he was just like that person, and then he like kind of becomes a hero, like. And like, did you did you kind of get that sense of transformation there, of his character towards the end? I'm not sure actually, because like I understand that's what I was trying to do. I don't. Th- I think I did kind of get that, but I think it's also like, I think like my problem with it is that it felt like Batman slash Bruce felt like so like at arm's length as a character. Like yeah. it had like the narration at the part of the first part, and I remember thinking it's like, oh, I've kind of like I can tell this like like the way it's written feels like a little over the top but it feels appropriate to the character and i like that yeah then you kind of don't really get any more of that as it goes on like not in that i want more narration specifically but you don't really get much more sense of him like he has this like exchange with um alfred early on where he's like you're not my father you know what dad it felt like get off my back oh yeah yeah like that's fine it's just (laughs) it felt like they were trying to do like a lot of heavy lifting very quickly within like a few lines and it's just like I was like, huh? Like, okay. yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess, yeah. And I, I did, he did really come off as a dick there, but it's like, man, it's been like twelve, twenty years, or what? What has it been like? Yeah, twenty years since that happened. Like, it's like, come on, man. Like, mm. you're thirty-two now, or whatever you are. <laughs> like, come I'm surprised on. that old he's meant to be. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm surprised he didn't make him like. Not in that it matters much at all, but like, I was kind of thinking, it's like he feels like someone who should be in his mid twenties. Yeah, but he's so like the early thirties in, in this. Yeah. Yeah, like, but like, knowing that it matters. Yeah. But in the comic books, he's like prime age. Like, his default age is like 29 or 27. Yeah. Like, he's never, like, that's every time he's in a story, it's like always that age. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, he's 31. I was like, that's like, I mean, it's fine, but it's, I was, I don't know. For some reason, that stuck in my head a lot over like ever since <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, a couple things just to really kind of burn through it a bit. Go for it. Um, first, like, the other things, like, I found the entire rest of the cast pretty great. Everyone, like, I felt like everyone really chewed the scenery in a great way. Yeah. Like almost everyone. They loved it. And it kind of, yeah. Like I remembered, like, um, it reminded me of how I was talking about the Sam Raimi Spider Man yep. movies and how there's like, especially the villains, but everyone in those movies are like, just Got like, so like really hamming it up in a way that like perfectly works. And this one felt like, man, you don't really see too many big budget movies do that on purpose so successfully. Yeah. Usually because they're not in set in like these really gorgeously created worlds. Yeah. where they really feel like they're part of that kind of silly environment, you know? Hmm. Like, this one felt like that, you know? Um, y- yeah, like, oh, man, I loved... It just has... It was just oozing atmosphere. Like, Gotham... You really believe that this Gotham was its own city, that it wasn't just, yeah. like, Chicago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so yeah, so, aside from... Pee. Yes, Polonites. Um, apparently... Chris Christa, uh, Christian Bale gave that advice to both Ben Affleck and Robert Pattinson about the suit is to make sure that the suit that you you're able to pee they give that they put in a flap in the suit and that, that you can move your head because apparently that's very difficult to do. Um, and <laughs> and Polonite says, "I love Batman as a man that fall for men. Oh my God, those tight body suits! So I get why you guys love it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not sure why I love it, but <laughs> you know what? You do you." <laughs> um. Yeah. No last bat point, nipples, though. Like, there were no bat nipples like there were in the George Clooney one. 
Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the Arkham Knight suit and also kind of the remember the Origins suit a little bit, like the more handmade one in that the, game. Uh, that never uh, <laughs> yeah, the 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 prequel to the Arkham Knight trilogy um, yeah. from uh, WB Montreal. Yes, um, yeah, it reminded me of that a little bit. Mm, mm. Um, oh, but my last point that I wasn't expecting, like you know, it's like the main point that's not just like saying how good something is. I guess is um I, kind of, I was kind of surprised with the Batmobile because I already kind of loved the design, but yeah. one thing I didn't expect about it was like how loud it is and how clever that is <laughs> as like a feature to make the this Batmobile about. Like it's yeah. it's so fucking loud. It's a and like it sounds fucking. It sounds like car. a yeah no, but it's not just that. It sounds like a monster. So it's yeah. like there's like that bit in the um you know where like they're chasing down Penguin and the yeah, car's yeah. like booting up and it's just like so, like it's kind of like roaring like so much louder than like everything else in the mix <laughs> i love it like it's it's like it's just something oh, i hadn't wow. ever thought of with these kind of things like with the batmobile or something is like where it's like its audio level is a feature of it that makes yeah. sense and so then it's like, like strikes of, fear like, yeah exactly like so it's like warning people <laughs> to get off the road because there's a car coming from six kilometers away really yeah. fast but there's also like when this whoever's being chased with by the by batman it's like you're being chased by this like minotaur <laughs> just, i like, know right it, i love it. it's it's like it's it, he you might as well be like a, a a a souls villain like like one of the enemies in the souls games where that where yeah. you hit it and then the health bar does nothing <laughs> yeah. like i feel like it's like because part of the movie like you know because like the one of the earliest like the earliest scene is having all these this montage of all these you know kind of criminals being scared by the dark and I, f- I found that scene fantastic yeah and the batmobile is like a really good like probably one of the best examples of like you know kind of a feature of the movie demonstrating that theme like of mm. like batman being like a symbol of fear yes that really like prevents people from doing the bad things they're kind of doing for whatever reason S- same and like you know that's where i think the symbolism is like I know it can be a little bit heavy-handed, but I love that there's actual symbolism there of, like, um, like you know, Batman literally being the darkness that you know shrouds those like the gang, the gang of youths at the beginning of the movie, and then at the end, like Batman goes from you know the shadow to literally the beacon of light that leads the group of people through to safety, and like yeah. you know, like that symbolism there, and then like um. And then, like, you know, kind of at the end, you know, you see him have that realization that he, he has a responsibility for the people. And then these people really are worth saving. Like, you know, like, I, I, I personally saw that transformation in him. And I think maybe it was on purpose that he was so cold at the beginning or throughout the film that at the end, like, if all you so like, because he doesn't, like, explicitly say anything... It's kind of like implied through his nods, through the way he kind of like his body language and the way he approaches the problem versus... And so I think that's why if at the beginning of the movie, if if throughout the movie you got that very cold Bruce Wayne slash Batman, that's... I think that's why maybe it was done on purpose because the end is showing his transformation and he's not explicitly saying anything that you needed yeah. to have that clear delineation there maybe maybe that's why i'm, I'm just saying yeah yeah I don't, I don't disagree necessarily it's like 
I, I feel like I could see what it was going for. But it is jarring. Like I, I'm not even sure if it's jarring so much as it's like, it doesn't feel like I was like, I don't know, it's kind of a bit flowery, but like, it doesn't feel like I was part of his journey as a part of the audience, like as a viewer. Oh, okay, gotcha. But like, that's kind of what I meant by like arm's length. Like, it feels like he was kind of so distant from both everyone else and the viewer to me personally mm. that I ended up like not really kind of empathizing with his growth or something like that. Like I'm not really experiencing it alongside, like, you know, cause that's kind of what the movie's trying to do. He's trying to portray this growth to the viewer in a way that you, you know, feel it, you know? And I didn't yeah. really get that as much as I hoped I would, but yeah, I like, I fully plan on watching it again though. Cause I kind of want to like kind of see more of it. Cause it was like a long movie, but it is not taking like hours. <laughs> Which, and was, yeah, it's like we were talking earlier. It's like it doesn't feel its length because it's yeah. like mostly a mystery movie. Yeah. So it kind of speeds along pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I definitely fun. didn't feel the length at all. I, I know some people like in my office are talking about like especially the middle. Uh... <laughs> Baby face for me. Oh, Polar Nights, you've got your very specific kinks. Um, no kink shaming, just saying. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for the kudos about the mustache. I appreciate that, John. John, let's see. Let's maybe we'll see John's again. I feel like I've seen it, like glimpses of it, and maybe it would make oh, a comeback. I hate my facial hair. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Be proud of it. Um, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, like, um, what did you think about, you know, like the the Jeffrey Wright character, the the the, the depiction of Commissioner Gordon in this, did you feel like he was memorable at all? Well, that's kind of what, like, that's kind of who I was pointing to a bit with, like, chewing the scenery. Yeah. He's saying, it's like, shit, like, God damn it. damn it. Yeah, it's like doing this, like, very stereotypical cop stuff. Yeah. That was kind of, like, very endearing to me. Like, I, I actually liked that stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if it was memorable, but, I like, I enjoyed his performance. Like, yeah. it was kind of, you know, like, remember, not in that he was much in it much at all, but, like, um, the last actor in the Snyder movies who played him, um, the one who plays J. Jonah Jameson. I forget his actual uh, name. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, like what? he was like, he looks like he such a it? cartoon. Oh, yeah, was he? I, I, maybe he was just in Justice League. I'm, I don't remember. Oh, man. But he was like, yeah. he looks like such a cartoon version of a detective. Yeah. It's like, not in that this comparison is worth it. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. like, Gary Oldman is still like better than this version. Well, I mean, but Gary like Oldman had a lot more to work with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like where like this version was just like someone for Batman to bounce off a bit more. Like he was kind of, he had a bit more purpose rather than actually having a role in the story. Um, like a role, like, you know, in Batman's journey, it's a better way to say it. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I weirdly enjoyed his role, <laughs> his uh, performance, even though it wasn't really all that crazy, like incredible or anything. <laughs> Yeah. Like he was just about one that made me realize like, oh yeah, these people are like definitely playing it up a bit in a way yeah. I'm enjoying a lot. And, and he was like meant to be like the straight man, but like, God damn it. Yeah. And like and like the um and like the twist like it, I, lo I love the like the twist around the family dynamics, like kind of a twist on the formula of like, you know, not everything's like it, it's like a twist on a twist, like the but it's it's yeah. Like um, you know, Thomas Wayne this made this thing happen he's not he's not as good as you think but then like 
Five minutes later, Batman confronts Alfred and then believes everything he says. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> it, like, I didn't have too much problem with that yeah, scene, but I did like have I, yeah. a similar thought where it's like... This is a bit like, quick. My first thought, it wasn't just that. It was also like, wait, he's the detective. Shouldn't he have figured... <laughs> like, this out, I just, yeah. I, the story, I still enjoy that part, kind of. Uh, but yeah, I did think it's like, man, you, just, you were believing something else entirely a second ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Polonites is heading off. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, feel free to uh, join us in the Discord. The links are below. And yeah, uh, I'll see you uh, same time next week. But yeah. Um, and, and lastly, did you get that, uh, you know, Paul Dano? Like, I like Paul Dano's character. It is kind of eerie how believable the arming of the alt-right sounds in, in this. Um, that was kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little uncomfortable. Disconcerting. Premise of it. Yeah, I, I found his like his performance is like much stronger once he didn't have the mask on. Not yeah. in that it was bad before, but I remember thinking it. Yeah. Like I was excited for Dano's part in it, and it was like yeah. I was kind of happy with the scenes further in the movie, mm. when it's like I could really like stretch a bit. And then and then but, the, um, the Joker tease, which I thought was uh, Two Face at the beginning, because of the way yeah. you could see the disfiguration. But yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I saw. I didn't mind it actually. I think it's because I already like I know who that actor is, like Barry Cogan, I think. Yeah, from is. Um, like he's in Eternals as well, yeah. and a few other things. <laughs> I was like trying to tell my wife who he was. I was like, he's the Irish guy in Eternals. She's like, which one? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, the one who likes who's who's like who was like the emo guy. <laughs> Eternals. She's like, no, no memory. <laughs> I think she's just like she hated Eternals, so I guess she's probably like put that push that aside in her memory banks. <laughs> yeah but it's but yeah. um he's a good actor though yeah. i can yeah well that's like the reason i'm excited for it. it's like i i don't know i was like i remember seeing people say they didn't really like that scene because it wasn't necessary but i was like i don't know for some reason it kind of worked for me because i looked it up afterwards and apparently the plan isn't to use joker anymore mm. <laughs> like he was meant to be like a like his role is kind of finished like he was originally meant to have like the hannibal lecter role yeah. in the movie where he goes and talks to him to gotcha. see like get insight into the riddler yeah like that was originally how he was in it uh, and then okay. i didn't and they cut those scenes yep and it's still three hours <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. um and so and, apparently yeah. like that yeah so there's a good chance he doesn't show up again even though i would like him to just because i like that actor a lot yeah. i want to see it i think oswald i mean penguin is kind of the the focus of his own series that's been greenlit so i guess we'll see more of him uh, i was mm. I don't know if I I don't know if I need a full series. Uh, I think I would. Yeah, I'll see that as well. I would I would love to see a like a, a a Selena Kyle story, of her like you know fully becoming Catwoman, but I'm like, she is Catwoman already, kind of like she's got she's got freaking cat ears and like just because it doesn't have leather like doesn't mean she's not Catwoman. But I guess she's still yeah. technically Selena Kyle, and maybe you know I'd love to see her transformation into Catwoman. Like maybe. I have a feeling like the next Batman movie, like she's probably already going to be a Catwoman. Um, but I know that we didn't see like Mr. Freeze. Um, we didn't see like Poison Ivy in the last, like um, the like the Christopher Nolan Batmans or in the, the Justice League movies. Like I, I would love to see like those kind of classic Batman villains come back. Okay, probably not the Man Bat. I don't know about that one, but... Like, well, getting Morbius already. 
Oh, that's true. That, that actually, that kind of is the man bat. I don't yeah. know, man. Are, are you looking forward to that? I don't know if I no. am. <laughs> it I was like, really, I was like, I've seen the trailer. Like, I like because the trailer aired before um, yeah. the movie went. Yes, yes, earlier. yes, yeah. And like, I was kind of like, I'd already seen that trailer like at least a couple of times, I think, for some reason. And mm. like, I was like thinking again. It's like, man, this looks like like just like trash. Like, I don't <laughs> like. I don't like saying that about creative projects. It's like an but eternal it just thing. It just looks so like, I don't know. It's, it looks so lazy. Like I don't even know who product. the bad guy in it. Like as far as I know, Jared Leto's the bad guy, but that's just because it's Jar- yeah, Jared no. Leto. It's like <laughs> it's such a weird character to try and make this movie out of. And it's like and Doctor it's Strange like... in a way. Like it's like, you know, brilliant doctor has like goes through trauma, comes back with superpowers. But I think Matt Smith from the Doctor Who, like, I think he is the the bad guy i think he's the villain i don't know it's going to be another one of those like forgettable villains like let's be honest like yeah exactly we're not going to see a killmonger here i mean maybe other people feel differently because he keeps getting big roles but i feel like jared galetto is like he does not have that much charisma to pull off yeah whatever you need to have this character mm, work like he's got like he can act i'm not saying like i think he can act but he, he tends to do well with these like kind of unlikable characters like i feel he does a really like i know there's lots of allegations and stuff against him so i guess that kind of like it is a controversial because i'm definitely aware of that and that definitely affects things i think a little bit like because like i I watched um the little things recently he plays like a slimy character in that like blade runner 2049 he plays a slimy character in that like and house of gucci where he played mario uh, just, I haven't like seen that, but yeah, he, oh, yeah, he seems like that. <laughs> I haven't either. I've just seen clips yeah. of him playing like a very broadly drawn Italian person. Oh yes, okay, uh, okay. You mean like Mario the character, like the game character, not yeah. like oh, was there a Mario Gucci? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. He's he. Yeah. I, I wonder, like. I, I don't know. I, I think. Do you think this is like an Eternals thing where it's like, don't don't pay to see it in the movies. Just wait till it's on Disney. <laughs> oh, which one? Morbius. Morbius. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like one of those movies where it's like you'd kind of feel annoyed that you wasted your time watching it because like like yeah. at least Venom, the Venom movies are so zany and they're, they're, that they they're, feel kind of a little more worthwhile. Dumb fun. Like yeah, I'd watch Venom three. Like. Yeah, like they're kind of like they're really dumb and they really they're pretty aware of it. Where this one just doesn't feel like that. This feels like, well, let's pump out something that'll make money and nothing else. You know what we need? I want Venom Three to have Toby to have Topher Grace back as yeah, like another like symbiote host. Like that would be that'd be like full circle. I think. I'm just I'm just <laughs> laughing again as well. It's like they made a movie out of Morbius. Yeah, like this. <laughs> Why like, Morbius? <laughs> like. I don't even know who he was. Like, um, but no like, one does. Because, <laughs> like, in 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 the um, at the end of Eternals, there's a tease about the Black Knight. You know, like yeah. um, uh, the the whatever his name was, character's name. Mm. <laughs> I forget what his name was. And then, um, like there was the tease of like Mahashala Ali as Blade. Like, kind of you hear his voice, but instead we get freaking Morpheus. I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, and then there's like um, the other like Sony verse one they're building is um, what's what's the hunter? Yes, this is in the Sony verse, isn't it? It's in the Venom. Yeah, like yeah, it's not in the MCU technically. Yeah, which you saw no uh, no way home, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
like it's clear now that they're in the same universe because we saw the teaser at Venom Two for like you know the the blip, and and like um like the discussion around like you know Spider Man at the uh, like and and you know Eddie Brock showing up at the end of uh, No Way Home, so it, mm. technically Morbius is also in the MC. Like if there's an overlap there, then technically Morbius is also- too and. V- yeah. yeah, but it's also not clear those movies are connected. Like they almost definitely are, but they're not connected in a way that seems to. What's What's like... the other movie? Because what's that? It's not. It's not crack. For some reason, it's called Cracking in my head, but it's Crank. not that. Crawl? No. Is it no Crawl? The... I'm thinking of the Creed. Hang on. Was just... no Crawl was a guy like a bad guy, wasn't he? But I think yes, he definitely was... not Crawl. No, that was from a. Oh, that was from another like Craven. That's it. <laughs> Craven. They're making like they're making a movie out of Craven. Who is like the very like sadistic Raven the hunter, like hunter right? murderer trying to kill Spider Man, and it's like the oh, guy. Oh played... yes, <laughs> yes we um, yes we because he's like kind of teased as being in um, the new Spider Man game, Amazing Spider Man two. Okay, uh, but yes, he's basically like okay. He was like like a circus performer, like strong man greatest fighter on the planet and like he's like a crazy hunter guy and he has this immense respect for spider-man because he was actually able to defeat him in a fight but he's very much like if dr strange was like a b-level then this is like a c-level villain right like c-level character in marvel well that's the weird thing is like morbius is like e like he's really far down the list it's like at least craven makes a little more sense it's just that he's like he's not he's like he makes less sense in the sense that he's like not really sympathetic. At least Morbius has like a tragic backstory, I guess. But it's like, um, I don't know, Craven's a weird one to make out of. Because like, I think currently Aaron Taylor Johnson is attached to it, who's from Kickass. And, and, and all Quicksilver dude. in, um, he was also Quicksilver in uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. And also in the right. first Godzilla film. <laughs> yeah, it's the character no one wants <laughs> like, instead of Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, like when we, when I watched when my when my wife and I watched that 2014 Godzilla film. If you actually think about it, it is very very slow. There's so much of this like annoying backstory about this like this soldier guy yeah. whose dad was Brian Cranston is infinitely more cool, and his mum is also like more like has more like um core credentials and then instead you just get this like dumb milit pseudo military like movie we did we barely got to see any like godzilla in that yeah it's not <laughs> i remember disliking it a fair well not maybe i don't know i remember it not being particularly worth memory i preferred memory. kong i think Mem- kong was the better movie yeah I, I weirdly like a lot of these kaiju movies more than most people especially yeah. that one people really don't like 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 the king of the monsters one the the the, the yeah, the one Godzilla King of the Monsters, the the second Godzilla one, but not the third one that was Godzilla vs Kong. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird mix of things. Um, yeah, that one was yeah, yeah like, pretty forgettable. Whatever is it like? I don't know why I liked it so much. <laughs> I, I, I think really we got because we actually got to see Godzilla do shit. <laughs> Maybe I'm not even like I. I think it's like a lot of it comes down to like mythic imagery. Yeah. I really love like I really dig that stuff. Compared to most people, apparently. So then, did so, you like Kong versus Godzilla, where you got to see like that, you know, that that impossible world that lives at the core? 
Yeah, apparently. I like that movie a lot as well, but most yeah. people like that one. So I felt like less alone in that. Yeah. But yeah. with King of the Monsters, people felt like I was really shocked at how much people disliked it. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like what what did I miss? I loved it. Yeah. Some I, I thought it gave everyone what they were asking for, but I guess maybe the 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 side plot with the like paranoid conspiracy theory guy and then Millie Bobby Brown as the the random podcast fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was in the Kong one, wasn't it? No, that she was, was she was introduced one. in. Yeah, I know, but I thought that was like the plot in the. Oh one. no, it was the then, plot. Oh my god! So she's first... introduced in the first. Okay, she's introduced in Godzilla: in King of the Monsters. Yeah, that's but then it. fleshed out in yes, yes, you're right. You're hundred yeah. percent right. Her and the kid from um Deadpool two. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who? I don't yeah. remember now. Remember the kid from Deadpool two that um a cable is hunting down. Oh, uh, like the the, oh, the New Zealand yeah. kid, the, the Kiwi yeah, kid. Right. Speaking of Kiwi actors, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> but oh man, that movie! Oh, that movie is. <laughs> Me, <laughs> we are well off track. Okay. Anyway, um, we'll, I guess we both overall liked the Batman. I super love the Batman. It sounds like you, you, you came like. I liked everything except for the how I felt Bruce was. So you, you, you probably would give it a four out of five. Or maybe a three. Yeah, a, str- a, a strong higher, three. Oh, maybe higher. Okay. I, I really I, did yeah. like everything. I just didn't have, you know, uh, the idea was the I connection was trying to focus on the important points. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's mostly like, yeah, my ca- I keep moving my laptop as a habit. I keep forgetting there's other people watching. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, yeah. No, it's like, I didn't have any problems with like anything else really. I liked it, uh, pretty much everything else, either a loss or more. <laughs> kind of, but it's, it's just, yeah, basically just what I described earlier. So I'd rank it like similar to you. I just didn't love everything about it. Yeah. Quite nah. as much. I, I, I get you. I get you. But yes, uh, I guess, uh, let's, um, let's, uh, close out the show, man. Yep. So, uh, everyone at home, Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Double Jump Radio. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, our live show and our video show, uh, we'll keep doing it. I always appreciate it uh, when you join us. But um, once again, you can send in your questions at podcast at doublejump.co uh, and we'll answer them on air next week. Um, and as always, Double Jump Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members. If you too would love to support Double Jump, uh, you can do so today by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today. And yeah, share us around on social media. Head to doublejump.co to read all of our articles. Uh, I think, John, you're also doing a another rewind feature, which I think is in the works at the moment. Um, so okay. look forward to that next week. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a... It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's, it's great fun doing this with you every week. I really appreciate it, John. Yeah, it's fun talking about Star Wars, and we got a, like a lot of Disney properties over and over. A lot, basically, <laughs> a lot of words into it. But yeah, no, I, so, I, I definitely, um, I definitely am looking forward to, I guess, seeing the reviews of Morbius, because when when the time comes, like it'll let me, because my wife and I was just like, she wants she wants popcorn, and I want to watch a movie, so it just kind of works out that watching something like that. I want to eat popcorn for two hours. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. So until next time, take care of one another. Peace. Bye.